Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, a pleasant good Friday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 to 12. You can join us on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. We broadcast live on X, our good friend, Elliot. Elon. Elon. And that is at Seabox Sports. Or if you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Now, look, before we get to some sports headlines, we have some big news here at Chatterbox Sports. We are expanding more and more and more. And with that expansion means some roles are going to start changing around here a little bit. Let's start with this show. It will continue. Trace Fowler will take over, though, as the primary host. Are you ready for that, Trace? You do this better than me anyway. I don't do it better than you. I'm uh, what we call a stopgap. You know, uh, some would call it the Kevin Newman of the worlds, where you're just, you're, 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 no. you're coming in. No. Uh, that's no disrespect no. to Kevin, but I'm coming in. I'm just filling a void until the Ellie De La Cruz and the Matt McClain's come next. Okay. All right. Well, now, now, as for me, look, I'm not going anywhere. Okay? Everybody's healthy. Everybody's fine. Everybody's good. I'll be here still a couple of times a week on a podcast that we started about three years ago before Chatterbox ever got going. We're going to bring it back to life. It's going to be called Dialed Ins. So Monday, we'll be here. You know, local stuff, national stuff, that kind of thing. And then Friday, we're going to go back to something that we wanted to do here, but the schedule made it really, really tough. Because if we weren't doing it from 10 a.m. to noon, it was hard to get that big interview lined up. So we're going to bring that back here on Chatterbox for every Friday. We do a lengthy interview, hopefully with some of the biggest names and the hottest topics in all of sports and beyond. Uh, I'll have a few comments at the end of the show. But, um, fellas, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How's everybody doing today? Doing good, Tom. Doing good. What's that big, big lid you got going there? What is that? It's Navarre Beach. Your honeymoon. My honeymoon. Every time I see that hat, I always think of... uh... Sandlot and the kid that just literally can't throw the ball more than five feet. He's got the big, the big yeah. bass hat. Yep. He's got the big yep. long build. That's that's it right there. Well, some say I might not know the baseball game, so that might be true. <laughs> but Doesn't yeah, sound I, like it. You sound exactly <laughs> like you know the baseball game. Kid became a broadcaster. Did become a broadcaster. One of the best that ever was. That's right. That's right. I'm doing good. I don't know if that question was at me, but I'm. It doing was. Great. I'm wondering how you're doing <laughs> today. Uh, we yeah. always ask. We go around yeah, the horn. How so, everybody's uh, doing today? Yeah, all around the room. I'm. I'm doing good. Uh. Uh. You know. We. We. I had bowling last night. I went bowling. Uh, I'm a really bad bowler, but you know, it's fun. It's fun to be there in the presence of the pins and the balls and such. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I. I woke up this morning with with uh, a great positive attitude. Rolling. One last ride. You were rolling stones last night. That's I haven't right. rolled stones in a while, but I'm doing great as well. I have a question. Like if we're talking about the Sandlot here, that kid comes up, grows up to be the broadcaster of the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's right. So in the Sandlot universe, Vin Scully does not ex- exist. That's what we're saying. That's what you're saying. That's terrible what we're saying. movie then. Benny the what Jet. a bad movie then. Benny I don't the want to be. I don't want to be a part of a world where Vin Scully doesn't exist. There's Damn. no doubt. And my dad made the comment the other day on this show that they ought to name the Ford Frick Award, change that to the Vin Scully Award. I completely agree. For the broadcast wing of the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, We got lots to talk about today, and let's get right down to it. The countdown begins for the Super Bowl. That's his Sunday. The AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs, take on the NFC champion, 
San Francisco 49ers. Beating the Niners would make the Chiefs the first Super Bowl repeat winner in 20 years. For Patrick Mahomes, he's looking for his third Super Bowl title in his first six seasons. Brock Purdy, last guy taken in the draft, all Reed does is kill the guy, ultimate underdog, is looking for his first championship ring in this, just his second season in the league. At 44 years young, Kyle Shanahan has been the head man in San Francisco. Hard to believe, isn't it? Since 2017. That is wild. That is really hard to believe. He's led the Niners to four playoff runs, three division titles, four NFC championship games, and now a second trip to the Super Bowl. But he has not won it yet. His father, Mike, won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator with the Niners in 94 under George Seifert, then later won to his head coach in Denver. Kickoff set for 6.30 on CBS. Kansas City at last check. Is this change? Two-point underdog from the two wise guys in Vegas? Two-point underdog. Two-point underdog. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Kansas City General Manager Brett Veach said he is aware of the challenge the organization faces in re-signing both defensive tackle Chris Jones and standout cornerback Legereus Sneed, but said it would be an off-season priority to get both players under new contracts. Lots of hardware thrown around last night at the NFL Honors Ceremony. Lamar Jackson was a year near unanimous choice for the league's most valuable player. I was a little surprised Dak Prescott finished in second. Did he? I didn't know that. I, know, I knew that Josh Allen was the only other person to get a first-place vote. He kept uh, Lamar Jackson from uh, becoming a two-time unanimous MVP. But, yeah, that is surprising that Dak Prescott yeah, finished second. I couldn't believe it. Unless I misread it. I'm pretty sure that's right. Double-check that if you don't mind. I will. Uh, Christian McCaffrey became the first 49er to be named Offensive Player of the Year since Jerry Rice back in 93. McCaffrey led the league in rushing and total yards from scrimmage. Miles Garrett took home the Defensive Player of the Year award. He's the first Cleveland Brown to ever win it. The Houston Texans hit the lottery with two of their three picks last year. Remember, they had the first and what, third pick in the draft, or second and third, yeah. forgive me, picks in the draft, and both delivered the goods. C.J. Stroud was named Offensive Rookie of the Year. Will Anderson named the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Joe Flacco edged out DeMar Hamlin for the league's Comeback Player of the Year award. For the second time, by the way, Kevin Stefanski was named the NFL's Coach of the Year. It was a big night for the Brownies. And hell, they didn't even win a playoff game. The AFC North cleaned up, Tom. You're not lying. They certainly did. I mean, you got the Coach of the Year. Defensive player of the year. Comeback player. Comeback player of the year. MVP. Yeah, oh, that's right. I, yeah, I'm drawing a blank there. I was just MVP. thinking Cleveland alone won those first three. Yep. Uh, the NFL Hall of Fame announced its 2024 class last night. Unfortunately, Willie Anderson, former Bengals great, came up short. He'll get there one day. Julius Peppers, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Patrick Willis, and Andre Johnson are all modern-day players going in. As for the senior finalists, the long wait is over for Steve McMichael. He's dying right now of ALS. Former Bears, great defensive lineman. And, boy, you talk about a great one. Former Ohio State linebacker Randy Gratishar is going to the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to all. College football Wisconsin coach Luke Fickle said yesterday he's hoping to have his best friend, 
and former teammate Mike Vrabel around for as much as possible with the Wisconsin Badgers in an informal role this season. Fickle went 7-6 and six his first year in Madison. Of course, he took UC to the college football playoff in 2020. Speaking of the Bearcats, big-time game tomorrow in college hoops. And I mean the joint will be rocking at Fifth Third Arena. Number five, Houston comes to town. Kelvin Sampson's team has lost three games all year, and all three are in the conference against Iowa State, TCU, and Kansas. UC has lost to Kansas, beat TCU, and will play Iowa State next week. Tip-off set for 4 o'clock. The game can be seen not on ESPN+. Plus. How about that for a change? Thank God. Actually on cable. Actually on television. Love ESPN2. There we go. Not the big ESPN2. Not the big one. Not the mothership, but That's right. we're close. Sellout crowd expected at the Cintas Center tomorrow. X plays number 19, Creighton. The Blue Jays won the first meeting in Omaha 85-78, but that game went right down to the final three minutes of the game before Creighton pulled it out. The Muskies, they must improve their shooting from that first game. They shot 40% from the field, 33% from three. Other notable games over the weekend, including number 17 Kentucky against unranked Gonzaga. This is a huge game for Gonzaga. Kentucky's going to be in the tournament. They're playing for a seed. But for Gonzaga... They are trying to get into the tournament. Ohio State, home to Maryland. They're going nowhere. Number 13, Baylor travels to number four, Kansas. And tonight, number 18, Dayton, goes to Richmond to face VCU. They will play twice in the final eight games of the season, much like UC and Houston will play twice in the last eight games of the season. Not that, not so sure you want to be facing Houston twice. No, please not. Tom, if Gonzaga doesn't make the tournament, it'll be the first time since 1998 Whoa. that they haven't made the tournament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is uh, – you know, we were talking about them a little bit yesterday. And, look, I know a lot of people don't care about Gonzaga around here, but, but they have been – they have been the monster of the tournament for the last 20 years. They go every year. Mm-hmm. They, they go deep. They never get bounced early, ever. They've made the Sweet 16, and each of – they haven't missed the Sweet 16 since 2014. Think about that. The Sweet 16. A decade of making the Sweet 16. Yeah, and they've been, of course, to a number of Final Fours. How many of those? They've been to two Final Fours, and both times that they went to the Final Four, they went to the championship game. Yes, they lost once to North Carolina, and I can't remember who the – oh, the other one was the incredible game. Um, who was it? Back in 2021. Anyone know that one off the top of their head? That wasn't Baylor. Might have been Baylor. What's crazy about Gonzaga is, is so the first time they ever made the NCAA tournament was 1995. The second time they made it was 1999. They haven't missed the tournament since. You know, it's funny. I was there when uh, they reached the regional final. So they got to the Elite Eight, and they played that Western region out there in Phoenix. So we went to the game. Okay. I, you know, when you get to those regional finals, um, you know, you got teams coming from everywhere. And so, you know, it's not like it's a home game for anybody. But I, I've not had a chance to go to a lot of NCAA tournament games uh, through the, the years. And I remember just going to that game. And I had never seen anything like that in my life on just some neutral court, middle of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Here's a school nobody's ever heard of, mm-hmm. ever. And their fan base, and plus everybody who had no skin in the game, they were rooting for Gonzaga. 
It was unbelievable. And they won that game to go to the Final Four. I, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm enamored with this right now. Mark Few was, uh, became the head coach in 1999. So he's never missed the tournament either. Ever since he's been the head coach, they've been a wagon. It's incredible. Man. Man. I want to thank everybody for all of this stuff. Some of you thinking that I'm going to uh, run for the Democratic uh, presidential nominee. I don't think that's in the cards, boys. I think you, I will be your VP. I think that would be good. I think that would be great. I think that would be good. Yeah. Do you think you can get the Democratic nomination? I would have a very hard time getting that nomination. <laughs> I'd have a hard time getting a nomination to be the Marymount fireman. Fire chief. Yeah, but... Um, no, we, we've had some great comments here. Uh, somebody said I was going to leave here and go to um, the come. Uh, what did I say? Brian Kelly's what? Scaffolding. We're going to sell scaffolding to Brian Kelly. Scaffolding. Right, 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 right. Uh, some of you saying I'm going to outkick. Uh, no, that's not happening either. We're not going anywhere. We're just mixing it up. We're trying to get better and better um, around here with everything that we're doing. And... Um, and, and again, we'll have some comments a little bit later on. But uh, th this is not a situation where everybody's going in. My dad's going to be on the show. I'll still come on the show. We're just mixing things up a little bit. And it's like a, a, new, a, a new sort of uh, born-again sort of attitude around here today. I can feel it already. You feel it, Casey, or no? Or am I just making this up? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's new exciting things coming in Chatterbox. It's just in the works. How about you, Trace? Yeah, like I said, I mean... It's an opportunity for us to do, th do something that, uh, that's different. And I think ultimately it gives you the flexibility and, and allows you to do some things that you're, that you're trying to accomplish and do that uh, ultimately you can't really share publicly. But, you know, the one thing that I do find funny at times is that uh, when, we, when we first brought on Tom, there was a lot of people that said all oh, that, you know, well, good luck, this, that, and the other nature, this – that's the end of Chatterbox as we know it. And then Tom leaves the show today. It's like the same thing. So it's just funny that that's uh, sometimes the rumblings that are that are in the world. I'm not uh, worried at all. There are some things that are really cool that we can't announce until uh, probably mid-March. And then there's some things that I'm going after um, that honestly would probably shock everybody. And not just around here, but the entire city if it happens. And again, it's it's... I'm confident. I'm, I've always been confident in my ability to be able to try to do something that other people think that you can't do, which is why Chatterbox exists. And um, it's somewhat of a unicorn. I mean, I don't know how many Chatterboxes there are that are actually in, the, in this country. Yep. Uh, local content that's not really powered by any, uh, what I would call, legacy media arm. We're not, we're not, um, you know, we're just not traditional media. And obviously that comes with us having to be nimble and quick. And uh, that's what we're trying to do and be. And ultimately, like I said, I'll do the best I can. The good news is if you've watched any of my shows before and you thought that they were relatively semi-decent, I just got to be honest with you. I was, I was just half, half – I'm not going to cuss – half-tailing those shows, okay? <laughs> There's a lot going on. I've not ever really tried. I promise I'm going to try. I'm actually going to give it my full effort going forward in regards to the hosting a show. Um, and obviously, Chatterbox Reds doesn't change either, but, but, uh, but I'm excited about it. I'm happy for you uh, to get to be able to do some things that, you know, ultimately you wouldn't be able to do if you did a show here every single day from 10A to 12P. But we are still working hand in hand. That's the bottom That's line. That's right. You're still, still here. Hand, we're still, still here. We're not going anywhere. People had you dead, Tom. They thought you were gone. 
So, well, so much speculation in our Discord chat. I mean, they, they thought you were just leaving the country. They thought you were gone. Well, that might be next. But, uh, <laughs> not today. Not today. Right. Not that today. day is not today. Yeah. A couple people I appreciate, you know, thinking maybe something was wrong out of surgery again, whatever. No, nothing, nothing, nothing like that. No, 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 no. Mousecop is saying to good. dissolve the company. What are your thoughts on that, Trace? Dissolve the company? Dissolve it. Um, you know, Mousecop, uh, he's only really ever been right about one thing over me. And yeah. that is that I didn't think that Xavier had any chance to beat UC. And it turns out that UC is just as bad as Xavier. So... I was wrong about uh, I was wrong about all of it. I'm just hopeful that this city could get two teams in the tournament. That would be good for the city. But we'll find out. I don't know. We'll They're out. both going to be on I'm the okay, bubble. Okay you know what they should do, Tom? The NCAA they they have their hand up all these different ways to make money. One way in which I know would be a really wise business decision is if UC and Xavier are somewhat on the bubble. Put let's them just throw them together in Dayton. Let's yeah. just. First four that, that thing, put them right there in Dayton. Let's just do and it. And they don't have to play each other. You go to a double dip, put them on the same night. That's it. Right? Because they have two nights of it. That's right? what they'll do. They won't play each other, but no. they'll both be up there. They're just they're, they're going to make sure they fill out those sessions. They're well, going to they play on opposite well, nights. They, they couldn't play on the same night because how they do it is the 11 They'd and play the on the opposite nights. Yeah, they would play on opposite nights. But I, I say play them together. Let's, let's just make them play Yeah, but in. see all those Xavier, the, the Xavier fans, they, they look down their nose. We got into this topic... <laughs> a week ago <laughs> when I made the suggestion that they do. Did you read some of the comments on <laughs> our X when we, we sent this out? And I made the comment. I said, Dayton should be in the Big East playing basketball. And they're like, nobody cares about the Dayton market. In Dayton, nobody cares about Xavier. They sell out every game. They got arguably the best arena in the country. You mean to tell me that that, 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 that Xavier is going to look down their nose at Dayton like, uh, that's a small market. We don't want any part of them. Dayton is a far better team for the Big East than, than DePaul. Uh, well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you can say they're in Chicago, but nobody gives a you-know-what in Chicago. Right. The, the reason DePaul's in is because they wanted, a, they wanted the Chicago market. Yeah. The reason that Dayton won't get in is because uh, Xavier and Dayton share the same market, the, the Cincinnati-Dayton metropolitan area. But there isn't, a, there isn't a team in the country that fits the Big East mold more than the Dayton Flyers. You're right. Catholic school, basketball, almost exclusive school, beautiful arena in the Midwest. Like A lot of people like Gonzaga joining the Big East. That would be fantastic too, but they're all the way out West. Talking about teams from the Midwest, uh, basketball, great arena, great fan base. It makes sense, but uh, for some reason it just will never come to be. Xavier will push against that. If, if Dayton tries to get in, Xavier won't let it. See, but that's what I don't understand. And, and maybe there's somebody out there that can explain it to me. And I, and I listen reasonably. Oh, okay, I get it. If Dayton is in the Big East basketball, I mean, the, the, the TV numbers from their market, you say it's a small market. But everybody and his brother is going to be watching that game. Every Big East game. They sell out every single game. Their success has zero impact on Xavier. Xavier has built this incredible program where they've had one coach after the next, one team after the next, and CAA tournament virtually every year until the you know bump in the road about three, four years ago. And now that's getting all straightened out because they brought back one of the best coaches in the country. I don't – I mean, it's like – 
I don't know if there's something, if there's a jealousy thing here. There's nothing to be jealous about. Xavier's record and its reputation and what it has built, its program, stands on its own with anybody. And I, when I say anybody, I mean anybody. Are they the brand of North Carolina or Duke or Kentucky? No, they're not. But they have built an incredible brand that is enormously successful. And I just can't understand how Dayton being in the Big East hurts anybody. I don't get it. Tom, do you think that the um, the TV ratings that the conference themselves would gain by having a, a, a DePaul, is there any chance, and maybe I'm naive here, and I'm, I'm, that's why I'm asking you, is, is there... Is there a chance you could get that money back if you get a team in the tournament, an extra team in the tournament? You get paid as a league yes, you do. for how, how many wins you receive in the tournament. Now, obviously, Dayton, you could say maybe that's not the best example because how many wins have they had in the NCAA tournament? But they were the number one team in the country, as I think many of us may remember, the year in which they canceled the tournament. So yeah. you could make the case that Dayton, although they might, you know, be lacking in the TV ratings department. I don't really know how many date DePaul's pulling anyway in Chicago. Does it is it just the market or is it actually the people that are watching in the market? But but see that that's what I've it's, always been curious about. I mean because you know when you start doing the ratings game, obviously it it is very different what a number does in New York because of the population base mm -hmm. as opposed to what, you know, that number would be in a, a, a town like city like Dayton. I mean you don't I I guarantee you of the of the total number of televisions in Chicago, okay? And there are millions of them. I guarantee you DePaul basketball is not even doing a one rating, not even close, zero I, point something. I know they've been historically bad over the past decade, really over the past 15 years. But, I mean, do, do you watch the game? Have you ever seen the DePaul game at Wintrust Arena? There's like 300 people. Right. There, like nobody. No, nobody there. And so, it's I, the only I, so I'm asking, as a basketball conference, do you want that? even though you're in Chicago. I don't know what kind of dividend Chicago's market is, uh, is a positive impact on the Big East if nobody in the Chicago market cares. In Dayton, they care. Are we down? Uh, it certainly feels like we're down. I think oh, we're down. Oh, no, we're good. We're good. We're, we're back. Good. We're, we're back. We're back. We're back. Okay, we're, we're back. Live. What do you know? Hey, by See? the way. Good time uh, our friends from Spectrum are trying to run my ass out of here before I'm even ready to go yet. <laughs> Tom, I got the best news maybe of the day. You ready for it? I've been Free ad teams. alert. Free ad alert. Free ad alert. Alta Fiber is being installed on Monday. Well, of course it is. Spectrum. You let me schlep through this for the last <laughs> 19 months, and then all of a sudden it's time for me to hit the trail, and now here comes all the ammunition. I'm like Ukraine. Oh, you know? No. I got, I got a beg, plead, and ask for a little bit. Of, and now, all of a sudden, here we come. The United States, rolling in. <laughs> Everything you want. $200 billion. I'll give us credit. Yeah, we got Ulta Fiber. We got live ammunition out in the parking lot. We got we it all We do have now. live ammunition out in the parking lot if we need it. I don't know why clear. that's such a big deal. It's just a city uh, practicing their constitutional rights. This and bit if you, is if tired. You, I, what do you mean it's tired? There's no, it's not tired. What's tired is the poor, the poor <laughs> citizens of Hamilton, Ohio, getting struck by bullets every time they walk outside yeah. of their homes. That's what's, that's what's tired. Or the potential. The potential. I want to see a cover band of Nirvana down here at the park, and, and all of a sudden, bang, hitting the shoulder with a bullet. How am I, how, what am I supposed <laughs> to do with that? I'm not going to do that today. 
I didn't do it. I have really enjoyed. I have really enjoyed the people I have met here in uh, in in Hamilton. Whether it's the ladies over here, uh, or or some of the guys that are down in their luck coming coming in and out over here at the uh, gas station around the corner. I think it's a marathon. I never really look at the sign, but I stop in there every day. And the ladies who, unfortunately, the lady who was the primary manager, she just left to go to another place a little closer to home. So I miss her. But uh, heck, no. Tom, I'm not you were do it today. You were elite at knowing the uh, the, the common the, man, the pecking the pecking order at gas stations of who the managers are. <laughs> I know them all. You, you're the UDF man. You're like, I know Lindsay. She's doing this, and and I, Jake's I know going to that. I do. I know them all. The guys, you know, sometimes I stop at the, at this. I always stop at the UDF there in Milford when I'm on my way out the door from home, getting ready to jump on the highway. So I know Mary and I know Zach. They're in there, you know, five a every day. I walk in, Zach, Mary, how we doing? Tom, what's happening? Everything's good. How about that? We'll and, then, and then the guys down here at the other UDF, down off the Middletown exit, I think it is, or Springdale or something, and uh, same crew in there. And, and I've befriended a couple of guys that are bus drivers uh, for the Lakota School District. Gotten to know them very well, nice. two guys and, and a gal. Uh, I told the guy this morning, I'm like, look, you know, my schedule's changing up a little bit. And uh, so we swap phone numbers just to check in every now and again. He's an old retired railroad guy, great dude, and uh, loves sports. He had no idea until two days ago what I used to do for a living. Really? Really. He had no idea. And uh, he had said to me two days ago, he said, you know, I thought he was told by another bus driver who apparently knew what I, you know, did for a living, used to do, whatever. And, um, and she told him. That would have been Tuesday of this week. So Wednesday, I show up, and I go in there and get the cup of coffee, go outside, shoot the, shoot the breeze with my man as he's getting ready to get in the bus and go pick up kids and everything. And, and uh, he, said, he said, I'm so embarrassed. I said, about what? He said, I, I, didn't, I had no idea what you used to do for a living. I mean, I know who you are, but I don't know who you are. I'm like, well, what would you think I did? I said, come on. What would you think I did? He said, I thought for sure you were ex-military. For sure ex-military. You ex-military. What's that? You seem ex-military. He says, for sure ex-military. tight haircut. And he says, uh, and, and, and I thought you probably just sold like, uh, you know, plumbing equipment. Like plumbing equipment. He said, yeah. That's what <laughs> the guy says to me. Right? <laughs> and so this morning, as I'm seeing him, you know, I won't be seeing him every day here moving forward, but I'll still see him when I'm coming in on Mondays and Wednesday or Thursday, whatever we work out, um, is that he says to me, he says, hey, by the way, I got a good buddy that owns a plumbing company. If you need a plumbing company sales job. There you go. There we go. What the hell is so funny? Tom's the plumber. I just, I just wondering how you drew out of a hat of all the things that you come up with someone who could knows? possibly do. My plumbing. man's a little goofy Selling. now. Maybe salesman would have been like the right thing. In my mind, Salesman, this guy, you look like a salesman. He no, he, he, he went salesman. straight. You he look like you sell. He said, he said he was a salesman for plumbing equipment. I know, he went directly to plumbing equipment. I don't know where he got plumbing equipment out of what you look like. That's interesting. Everett says, uh, or rather, uh, George Santos, our good friend, said he thought I sold Avon and Tupperware. <laughs> Nick Kirby says, on the toilet with Tom Brenneman, debuting Monday. We Mark said, Mark says you look like a guy that, that lays the pipe, Tom. You got anything to add to that? N uh, no, 
No, none whatsoever. <laughs> and when you're married for 23 years, that's certainly not apropos. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, okay. All right. Let's get into uh, our main man, Charlie Goldsmith. He has been a friend of the program. Will continue to be a friend of the program. We love Charlie. Maybe. Who knows after that? Charlie is able to laugh at stuff like that. I mean, I've seen him in certain settings where, you know, we keep him a little bit sort of, you know, on the straight and narrow path here. But Charlie, I mean, you know, you, you can yuck it up with the best of them. So you got no problem with this kind of conversation, right? Yeah, but I'm not saying what I think you look like. Yeah, this could be oh, I, not boy. that it would be negative. Not that it would be negative, but I'm not playing this game. <laughs> okay. Well, my main man did out at UDF, uh, the, the bus driver here uh, in, in Lakota School District. So, uh, you know, I was very, very happy that he thought I was ex-military. I, I probably should have been because things might be a little bit different than they are now. Um, all right, let's let's circle any surprises to you. Um, I don't know if you watched it, paid attention to it, whatever it was, but any surprises to you about all the awards that were given away last night? Yeah, I mean, the big one's DeMar Hamlin. You know, uh, a criteria I have for, the award, for any award is when the guy who ends up winning it says he shouldn't have won it. You know, he said, Joe Flacco said in like November, I shouldn't be comeback player of the year. All I came back from was being old. You know, DeMar Hamlin obviously came back from a lot more than that. So that's the one that sticks out. But Lamar was obvious. C.J. Stroud could have made the case for Nakua. Will Anderson made a lot of sense. I was all in on Miles Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year. So, you know, pretty good award show. All right. All right. Um, you know, Kevin Stefanski, I, I thought all along was going to be the coach of the year. Of course, you know, it. it, it, it you know, you only remember what, what happened lately, and that was getting bounced and bounced bad in the opening round of the playoffs. Let's shift gears over to uh, the Bengals. So they have, and you and I have talked about this, they have until I think it's February the 22nd, correct me if I'm wrong, to start dealing with franchise tags and things like that. Um, are, are you hearing anything? I mean, most of us assume they're going to tag Higgins, they're going to keep him and keep the band together for one more year. Are you hearing anything contrary to that? Yeah, nothing to report right now, but, you know, it'd be malpractice if they didn't give T. Higgins the franchise tag just to continue and push forward the, the extension in the, in the negotiation process. And that's the key word, negotiation. Like, the only steps that are going to take place between now and free agency are the Bengals and Higgins will check in. Hey, where are you at on this number? Hey, where are you at on this number? And both sides have their sticking points, have their ground that they'd like to stand. And this is the same as it was with Jesse Bates, the same as it was with every contract extension negotiation in franchise history. And then I think the real deadline for me isn't the franchise tag deadline because I see that as pretty inevitable. The real deadline is the start of free agency because either you have Higgins like tagged under, you have Higgins uh, earmarked that franchise tag money under that contract and you can't spend that in free agency or you have Higgins not under contract at that point, you get a trade done by something or something like that, or by then or something like that, and you have $20 million to spend. So to me, the uh, the key date to watch is the start of free agency, because that's when they know whether or not they have $20 million to spend for Higgins or $20 million to spend elsewhere. Okay. Um, um, you know, in that same sort of um, vein, however, Charlie, is, is, you know, you look at the needs that they have, and, all, and there are many of them, and we've addressed many of them. Um, at, the, at the end of the day, do you think with all the money the Bengals have, at least for this season, under the salary cap, do you think they go blow the doors off this whole thing and start, start trying to get anything they can get for right now 
to try and win it this year? The most all-in move they could make would be keeping T. Higgins on the franchise tag. If you want to look at, like, it's actually very baseball here. Like, teams trade in baseball players with a year or two left on their deal to try to spin it forward for the future. If you want to play the long-term game, you trade Higgins or even you extend him. That would be a longer-term window. If you want to play the short-term game, if you keep Higgins, if you have to keep Higgins just on the one-year franchise tag because you can't get an extension or a trade you like done, that's when I think you have to make more aggressive win-now moves. Specifically, though, there I look at the draft. I look at you address less premium positions with higher picks because they would play more snaps for you, be more aggressive with positions like running back and tight end. Or do you just continue with the best player available model uh, you know, take another receiver to kind of wait in the wings behind Higgins for 2024. I think it's still a good enough roster to win the Super Bowl next year. So especially if you have Higgins on the tag, I'd look at more aggressive um, situations or more aggressive moves through the draft. Also like splurging, kind of going all in with your remaining free agency capital on a really good pass rushing defensive tackle. I like the name Christian Wilkins a lot. You know, again, he's not a guy, his best year will probably be 2024. So that's probably more of an all-in move as well. I do like that approach if the way the the Higgins conversations go, dictate you go that way. Okay. Um, What were your thoughts? uh, You know, I mean, uh, your thoughts about the changes in the coaching staff, not necessarily that Brian Callahan left and not necessarily that uh, Pitcher takes his place, but now the moves that just happened the last couple of days. Yeah, one of the sneaky things that I was kind of concerned about with the Bengals was something Brian Callahan does incredibly well. Like one of his gifts as a coach, he's great at developing a plan against the blitz and he's great at when you drop a play on the whiteboard, you know, how does that mesh with the pass protection plan with the linemen, the running backs and the tight ends? Callahan was, you know, that was his thing. That was his baby with the team. How do you replace that? You know, Pitcher has less experience with that. Zach Taylor had less experience with that than Callahan. So what do you do? What type of guy do you want to bring in to replace that, to fill that void, to fill that role in the game plans? Well, how about a guy who is a former quarterback who coached offensive linemen last year? And that's new passing game coordinator, Justin Riscotti. Um, I would expect he filled that specific role from a game planning perspective. They changed the structure of the coaching staff to add a guy with that skill set. They widened their overall offensive coaching staff pipeline by adding a guy who, you know, if pitchers head coach next year can slide in and slide up along with Brad Cragthorpe, you have more of those more of those quarterback voices in the building, which is very helpful. You know, the, the, the NFL has always been a huge copycat league, and, and all you have to do is follow the last decade, maybe more than that, may, maybe a lot longer than that, but certainly, you know, the last decade or so about, you know, what's successful for a team. You know, you, you, you look at, let's say, the Patriots in all those years. I mean, they, they, they had a year or two there with Randy Moss where he was off the charts, but he was the only big-time wide receiver. Edelman was a different kind of a player. He wasn't a game-breaker, but a great player, Hall of Fame player. Without a doubt. Uh, But they had Gronkowski. And now all of a sudden you look at this year, right? Even the last couple of years and teams that played in the championship game. You've got the 49ers who have a great tight end. Yeah, they have one great receiver. The rest of the guys are okay. They can have a good game. But, you know, so every now and again, IU can those guys. The same thing holds true uh, when it comes to Kansas City. They got Kelsey. Uh, For a while there, they had Tyreek Hill. And now they've got some guys, you know, that, 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 that are okay. They're not Chase. They're not Higgins. D- do you think that the Bengals look at that and say, man, maybe we ought to reconsider how we're structuring this offense and the importance where this offense should be? We have the great quarterback. We have one great wide receiver. Do all of a sudden, should they really go all in on a big-time tight end? 
So they've already considered this. Like, there's a scenario where the 2023 Bengals feature Dalton Kincaid or Sam Laporta if the draft goes a different way. Like, the Bengals are interested, have explored, have looked at the opportunity of adding a real, you know, quality tight end to their offense for a while. It just hasn't worked out based on, you know, not many tight ends, you know, who have other options would want to sign up to be the fourth wide receiver on a Bengals team. That's what it would have been in 2021 and 2022 when they had the big three. And then, you know, this year it's a different scenario with Tyler Boyd now gone. And like I've said before, they could replace a lot of that production with the tight end. Now, tight end versus receiver, to them it matters less kind of, like they, they don't necessarily view it that way. To them it's like pass catcher number three, could be a tight end, could be a receiver, gives you some flexibility. I think the, the common denominator between those teams you mentioned is they have elite pass catchers. And on these teams, the elite pass catchers happen to be tight ends. Uh, but I don't necessarily think it's more valuable to have a, a tight end who's great just because he's a tight end compared to any other pass catching weapon that you could add into the mix. So the Bengals are looking to add pass catching weapons this offseason. Tight ends are certainly a path they could aggressively go to make that happen. But if, you know, the board shakes out a certain way and their third pass catcher happens to be, you know, the best route to get that guy as a receiver through their draft for free agency, and then you backfill at tight end like you have in previous years, you know, that's kind of what happened last year. It could happen the same thing in 2024. Again, I think the common denominator is having great weapons, not necessarily a great tight end. Okay. All right. Uh, let's shift gears to the Reds. I'd imagine you'll be making your way out to Arizona sometime here soon. Walk me through... Uh, with all of the position players the Reds have, and we, we've discussed this at length, especially in the infield, uh, you, you throw in the DH, you've got five spots for anywhere from six to seven guys on a regular basis, right? Okay, so guys get a day off, then you, you, you roll through the next group, roll through the next group, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they bring in Josh Harrison, who's had a really good career, and he's a local kid, it's a great story, whole nine yards. Is he fighting just to make the team, or do you think that, that you know, I mean, maybe you know what they've told him. I don't know what they've told him. Or do you think that he's got to go out and earn it? I haven't had specific conversations, but I have a sense of where they stand. Like, I know they wanted to add a player like Josh Harrison all offseason. Look at the biggest, like, or look at the organizational depth chart, not just the 26-man roster. All right, you have all these infielders at the major league level, but the Louisville Bats infield was pretty bad, you know, before last week. And if one guy gets hurt, the next guy who'd get called up would be Mark Mathias, Eric Gonzalez, uh, Alex McGarry, Tyler Callahan. Like th this wasn't something, uh, an area of the depth chart, depth chart the Reds were confident about. Now, if, you know, infielder X gets hurt, pulls a hamstring, and you need to call someone up, if that happens during spring training, and you need a guy to make the opening day roster, you know, that's Josh Harrison for you. And you know, he's a guy who was an above average bench player in 2021 and 2022. He's a really good guy to have that role on the depth chart, especially because guys do get hurt during spring training and he could end up fighting his way into the mix. But if everyone does stay healthy, I think they have 12 locks. You know, we all know who they are, the infielders, the outfielders, Ellie Marte, all those guys, uh, and then Luke Maley. And then that leaves one spot. And they need a backup center fielder, not to platoon with Friedel, because I think he'll play most days, but to be able to spell TJ Friedel now and then, because they haven't shown a lot of confidence in Will Benson being able to play center field consistently. So the guy, you know, you look at then Stuart Fairchild and Jose Barrero. To me, they're the ones competing for the 26 roster spot, unless like Jake Perdabies knocks the door down during camp. He's another center fielder. It has to be a backup center fielder who gets that final spot. Harrison doesn't play center field, but he is a nice guy to have her. 
Okay. Um, the the last thing I wanted to ask you about, and I, and I want you to help me here because, I, you know, I, I listen to uh, a lot of uh, sports talk radio, local shows, national shows, all this kind of thing, and, and have tremendous respect for the guys like you and many others who, you know, spring training starts and the hours you're putting in, all this kind of I mean, I'm having a hard time, Charlie, understanding this. And I've talked about this all the time on this show, probably to the point where people are tired of it. But, you know, I, I sit there and as much hope and as much optimism as there is about the Reds, and, and I keep coming back to the starting pitching and specifically not how talented these guys are. Because, look, across the board, I mean, who wouldn't want to have the depth that they have? You're talking about guys like Louder and Brandon Williamson and guys like this that, that may not even be on the – well, Louder for sure, but guys that won't even be in the big league starting rotation, Okay. But I still keep coming back and people keep telling me whether well, depth is better. Their depth is better. Depth is better. That's fine. You can reach down to louder in August or whatever it might be. I still think that if the Reds are going to continue to play by the set of rules that virtually every single team in baseball plays under, and that is you're only going to go from one year to the next where you increase the number of innings pitched by roughly 10 to 15% of the guy from his prior year, Okay. I just sit here and I, I, I mean, I do the math and it's Ohio University math, so I'm not very good at it. But I do the math and I say to myself, look, their bullpen might be better, but we know the starters got to be a lot better than last year. And I sit here and I look at this thing and I'm like, if you, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, uh, Graham Ashcraft, Andrew Abbott, you know, those guys, even Nick Martinez, if you want to throw him in there because he's been a reliever and a spot starter. I don't think any of these guys are going to be asked to throw more than 160, 170, 180 innings next year. They, and if that's true, if that's true, then that means they have to find other guys to start games in August and September or decide we're going to blow by that old Tom Verducci sort of thing where we're only increasing 10 or 15% of the year. I mean, am I nuts continuing to think about this? Somewhere there is a, you know, a string board where Derek Johnson is trying to piece together however, you know, nine times 162 innings for the course of the season. This is the story. This is story of the season, how they plan for this. There are things they're going to do. Um, one guys will get hurt and then they'll come back and that's the situation. So you'll preserve some innings that way, you know, for guys who won't be able to go 200 over the course of the season. The guys who don't make the team, I've been told they're considering a six-man rotation in Louisville, and I've been told they're considering having kind of innings and pitch limits that are more aggressive in Louisville to try to keep the guys who aren't at the big league level, say Brandon Williamson or Connor Phillips, if they don't make the team, fresher for the stretch run. I would say there just aren't too many guys in baseball right now who are going 190-plus innings over the course of the season. Now, would the Reds like to have one of them? Yes, there's a reason they were very, very aggressively pursuing Sonny Gray and a reason they were very, very seriously looking at the trade market over the course of the offseason. The Reds know this. The Reds would like to address this. They didn't. Their plan B was kind of building it through depth. They do have the best pitching depth in the division, so that should help. But overall, how's it going to piece out? Like, that's a question. There's also, like, the Andrew Abbott of it, which was he wasn't supposed to pitch as many innings as he did last year, and he kept pushing because they didn't have any more options. So it's not like they're going to cut guys off if they're still contributing and there's still enough in the tank compared to, you know, what option number B is. The Reds do have more options. Also, a thing they did specifically was they have more long guys in the bullpen. 
Suter, Martinez, yeah. you can see one of the starters move to the bullpen over the course of the season. Uh, Fernando Cruz can go multiple innings. There's another guy I'm forgetting that can go multiple. Uh, Sam Ball can do it. Like they have a bunch of guys who can do that. So they feel they have a lot of innings. They don't have a 180 inning guy. That's that's a problem. But that's baseball in 2024 for a team that's not going to be able to address all of its you know flaws. But being a, a small market team. All right. Uh, Charlie, we can't thank you enough for your time today and uh, uh, all the time for your time. So uh, safe travels out there. Does anybody have anything for Charlie before we let our main man go here? Come on, Elliot. You got something. You got something for Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, I'm, so I'm sorry I have to keep you on, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. I, we talked about it a little bit yesterday on the show. There are still a ton of insanely talented free agents available uh, mm -hmm. on, on, on the market. I know, I know Nick Crawl said we're done with it. I know, I know he said it. But is there a chance, and I know we're loaded every, in pretty much every position, really. Is there a chance we go out and sign any, maybe like a Michael Taylor? Can we get a Michael Taylor in here if, again, if, if nobody signs him up until the season? Michael Taylor, it's funny. Like in November when I was putting my free agency big board together, yeah. I like highlighted in bold names. Michael Taylor was highlighted and bolded as a guy viewed as a perfect fit for the Reds. Now there is a long track record of, when Nick Cross says they're done publicly and privately, they're pretty much done. And so yeah. that's the sense I get. This is a team with a payroll. And, you know, that's the situation that they're in. That's different from the Dodgers or the Cubs or, or other teams like that. So I would bet no, but, yeah, a guy like that, I mean, that's the one spot. You know, we're looking at Stuart Fairchild and Barrera competing for the 26th spot. Now, that's part of it, too. Would, would Michael Taylor want to sign up for to be a guy who would play sometimes against lefties? It's not too, you know – a lot of free agents would probably want more than that, which is why it's not the most enviable spot for a free agent to sign up for because of how much TJ Friedel is going to play. So that's a part of it. But yeah, they'd like Michael Taylor, but it might not be there because of payroll and because of role expectations. That's fair. That's fair. Thank you, Charlie. Okay. Anybody else? Reed, Trace, Case? I no Drew Sample questions today. So No Drew Sample questions. Okay. Gentlemen, we good? Charlie, thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend. You too. I'm jealous of Charlie. He's going to be out there in that Arizona sunshine. Oh, yeah. Although I tell you, here we are, another day. Beautiful Hamilton, Ohio, nothing but sun. 52 degrees it's as beautiful. I'm getting in the car this morning. It's beautiful out. Stunning. Sun's always shining here. In it's always when shining. When is the next big, what is the next big, before we get to sports, and, and we'll talk a lot of sports the last hour. This here. ought to be good. No, I want to I wanna ask because we never got into, and I know we don't want to give away the story or the, the final outcome necessarily. But we never discussed with me in here, maybe you guys did on Tuesday or Thursday when I wasn't here, but how did the tennis match go without giving us too much? Because that's not without premiered yet. Too much. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say that we did talk about it a little bit, but I, I will say this. Trace was much better than I anticipated. He was much better than I anticipated. And, and I, I think it was a fair fight. I think it was a good match. Good, clean family fun. And yeah, really I, good, clean family fun. Good, clean family fun. Clean. Nobody misbehaved. Reed was the ball boy of the match. That was a fantastic. Nice. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So yeah, I thought I thought it went I, without spoiling. I thought it was competitive, and that will debut next week. Trace, what were your thoughts? I mean, you you never played tennis, no, right? And so you know you had played like five hours of pickup basketball apparently on Saturday. I made, that, was a, that was the biggest mistake that I had made. I feel great about my performance. Can was, I, that, can was I, that the first time you've ever been on a tennis court? Yeah, can I ask you something? It's not Could, the first time I've ever been on a tennis there court. Are, recently? Because I, I, yeah, I want to say I wanna, I, I, there's some rumors swirling there around is? that maybe that 
maybe you got some extra training for that match ahead of time. And Because no, no. you, you told me the day of that Not that, that was your very of. first time playing a real match. You, you haven't practiced it's first, yet. It's the 100% the first match that I've ever played. Okay, and you got and no help leading up to it. No, no one. I mean, listen, if you if you think for a second that I wasn't going to go and at least hit a couple balls to make sure that I wasn't okay. going to make a complete buffoon of myself, you'd be wrong. But uh, as far as a guy that was all city tennis like you, um, you know, basically I was as green as they come. And uh, but I feel great about my performance, Tom. I don't want to ruin anything. OK, uh, it it, uh, it is very much a uh, an uppity type sport. It feels like, you know, there was rules. Why? There was just rules that he was. There was like rules on top of rules, and it was this etiquette. This, well, that, like, what, what kind you weren't of allowed talking. Yeah, Tom, Tom, that's a good question. Tom, you've watched tennis before, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I've watched it, yeah. So so here's what Trace did, and this is one of the, his big arguments. I hit a ball to his side of the court. He called the ball out. Okay. Then he, called a, he hit the ball after he called it out and then said it was in. And then I said, the point's over because he said it was out. That's right. He wanted to keep on playing. He said you can't. And then he started. Well, then why mad. did he call it out? This I don't is know. Not true. And then he and then he started saying, "Well, I can't talk anymore on the court." Correct, because if you call the ball out, you have to live with your decision. You can't change your mind. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many uh, tennis matches I'll go to watch my wife play in a league, right? Yeah. And the next thing you know, man, you've got these forty-year-old, fifty-year-old women. I mean, screaming at one another over this exact thing. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. They call it out. Other guy doesn't think it's out. Right, here we go. Well, you call I know it out, that, it's out. And that's the end of story. That's right? it. It's that's just correct. kind of like, you know, if you're going to be your own referee, right, in essence, that's umpire, what you, what whatever want, they call right, it in right. tennis, okay, then, then, then that's the way you play the game. There was supposed to be a referee, Tom, and I left that up to Elliot. So sure enough, guess what we had? No referee. Well, the referee, you would need two referees on the court. So you would, we would need one. I thought Booby was, I was thought Booby was going to come. Okay. He Where I thought. was getting to eventually, yeah, however, is there going to be now a second match? No, I think we've seen I don't that. think okay. he wants to do that. Okay. What about, what about um, golf? I'll take my win. Because, you know, you drive around town yesterday, and if you pass Lunkin or you pass some of these places around town, there are people out there teeing them up yesterday. The plan is, I golfed uh, on Sunday. The plan, the, the plan is to do more golf stuff. I want, and this is this is up to you, Tom. If you're going to stick around for a little bit, sometime this summer, I would love to face you in a golf match. Well, I stink, so I mean well, that yeah, wouldn't be any great shakes. I don't know me. if you've seen me play, Tom, but I'm not exactly Jack Nicklaus. Well, okay. <laughs> so right, I think that's you, fair. I think that's it would fair. be an entertaining match. That's fair. So we'll we'll schedule that up during the summer, 100. Yeah. percent also, teaser. We're 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 really we're meeting with a golf course uh, next week to discuss. Um, plans to, to run a golf yes, tournament. And on top of that, I do. we're going to do some more golf content. I, whether it be Elliot and Trace breaks par, I think that's part of a part of an idea that I had, but I'd like to go around the city and play other people in two-man scrambles. Some are saying Marty and Tom versus Elliot and Trace would be funny. That would be funny. He'd be all in on that. I'd love to. He would be all in, although I think that, Man, I that think would it would full. be... The, the question is, should... My dad be on the same team as Elliot because then if your teammates letting you down, I mean, you can, right? As opposed to, you know, you're think, beating them. Let's just say that we took the lead and he misses a putt. You're, you're, you know, you're not going to bury him, right? You'll bury your I think your Marty teammate. might bury him. I think, I think Marty, <laughs> might, bury, I think Marty <laughs> I th might bury him. I think bit. my feelings would be hurt. I think there would be a point of the match probably around hole eight and, and, and Mar there, would be a, there would be a point of no return and Marty would hurt my feelings. 
But I do it. Anytime you want to do it, I'll do it. What do you think? Should he be on the same team, Trace, or not? Elliot and my dad. I think it's, in, that situation, it in that situation, yes. I think uh, the other opportunity for us moving forward is to try to find other personalities in the city and me and Elliot try to try to, try conquer, to, them, that try would to be conquer them together. Yes. That would be but, fun. But I think um, Marty's kind of a unique situation there where there's a, there's a little bit of a relationship that they have built and uh, it would be nice to put them on the same team because I'm sure that that would be nothing but sunshine and rainbows the entire round. You, you teased the little golf tournament there. Yeah. Uh, so now would we? It would be a foursome, or would it be one on like? What, what, what uh, the, the, the plan. Be? The plan is to have a, a, a two-man scramble. So basically, there's no cheating. That's the biggest thing for me. There's nothing worse than going to a tournament. Uh, scramble. Scramble. Of all, they of all, all cheat ones. scrambles. And everyone cheats. I'm not a big cheat guy. I, I like to play, you know, somewhat by the rules there. And uh, ultimately, we're gonna maybe live stream um, some stuff. That'd be great. And we could try to get some people out there. That's the goal. We got to go meet with them on. Uh, I think it's next Tuesday. I just Good. it just popped up on my calendar. Okay. Uh, Real Spirit Cat One says he's been calling for a chatterbox open since day one. Uh, Ken Cincy USA says Elliot is more like Jack Nicholson than Jack Nicholson. <laughs> both are both. No, I will I'll, stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I listen. I'll take that compliment. I That's tell you, I like this. What about a bowling challenge? We were talking about bowling before Reed the could show call today. It. Yeah, Reed would, Reed's a good, fantastic bowling. <laughs> Love bowling. Yeah. I'll do any cha- any Tom any challenge you give me. I'm going to do it, no matter what. And you're a no excuses kind of guy. No, That's I've true. never made an excuse once in my entire life, not once. Casey, when you go to these things, and you know you're doing a lot of you know, the video and a lot of the putting the whole thing, Portal you're kind of like the, the 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 uh, man in charge from being able to get this on the air. The more and more you've watched now Elliot participate in some of these sports. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Tennis, golf, right? Bowling yeah. to come. From your perspective, any any thoughts on what you've seen? Ooh, that's a that's a good uh I, I you know, Tom, I think Elliot in nine years. Thank you. If he could if he could just train <laughs> for train. nine years. Right. Nine years straight. Day in, day out. Wake up, go train. work out, train. train. He could win his local win. high school all-city oh, no. tennis court mm. trophy, whatever they, they give. Alumni. Uh, alumni, yeah. And, and you know, he could probably also win all-city golfer, too. I'm uneligible. Uh, unless they give me back my COVID year. I, I don't know if I, I get a COVID yeah. year for high school, but we can let we can sure you we certainly can really do. try it. Eligibility is still left. Got yeah. one more year. Hey, nothing like extra eligibility. That's right. All right, so we got th- those are some of the things that we're going to have make that we're going to have happen and make happen for this upcoming spring and summer. I really like the idea, Trace, of you and me against Elliot and Marty. We'd we'd wax them, Tom. Marty's pretty good. Yeah, but you got to realize you got to realize a string, man. You got to realize that the, the 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 opposite player that Marty has to deal with is is one that will bring <laughs> him down to the ground. I think we should play it so at Houston mean. Woods. <laughs> so disrespectful. Tom, I will play anywhere you want. I think you know Houston Woods. Houston what, Woods. What your mistake that's was? Where, that's where, that's where my wedge is. Elliot has <laughs> Elliot Trace, you know you know that Tom, right? I have I, I still don't have a, I don't still have a club I can play under fifty yards because Trace left it at a golf course. Trace left it at the golf course. Oh yeah, he did. Tom, 
uh, to catch you up to speed here, I don't know how many of our viewers actually want to listen to this, but what happened was they all they all is uh, is Elliot he what we call butter knives his wedges, where he you know he basically throws sod right on top of the golf ball every time every time he decides to use a wedge, his ball goes about six yards and his and his divot goes about eight. Right. So after the third or fourth time watching that, I grabbed that club. And I stuck it in the back of a cart that was with us. Okay. Now, some would like to think that, you know, at the end of your round, you grab your bag, you make sure you got your stuff, and you head off, right? Right. I'll take the blame that maybe I didn't put it directly in his bag, but I didn't want him to have the chance to pull it back out of his bag again. I understand. You're kind of hiding now it. I, now, here's the thing, Tom. This is the thing. That's that, good, maybe, that, was this a good, is, that was a good word that you used there, Tom. You hid it from me. <laughs> that's now, exactly. Well, I remember watching the show. I mean, I watched it. He told you thing, don't Tom, pull that club out again. This is maybe the most concerning part for the viewers and also for us in the room is this, is that we had a big time match, one in which Elliot could finally win. You know, he had no chance against me. He thought he did, but he really never had a chance. He had a chance going in to play uh, the, the bear. bear. The bear. Had a chance to beat the bear. And I find out after a month between us playing uh, the first match with the bear to the second match is we show up at Houston Woods. We're right in the middle of the fairway on hole number one. And Elliot looks at me and goes, you left my wedge. That was a month ago, Tom. He has not played golf for a month showing up to a match that he could possibly finally win. And I could have won it. By the way, that match is still tied 1-1. We have to finish that as well. That's exactly right. That's another and, must, and Drew, must Drew says, rematch. That is. Drew says, do not blame Trace. A man is responsible for his own clubs. I agree. Do you know what Trace's role was in that video? It was caddy. That was the role, the caddy. Could you imagine Tiger Woods going up the 18th green? He doesn't have a putter because his caddy threw it in the lake. That would be that wouldn't that? be good. No, it wouldn't no. be very good. Tom. No, I don't think that guy would have the job next go round. I don't think so. I don't think so. Want to get some do some ads and some super chats real quick? All right, let's do it. Uh, let's do some ads and some super chats, and then we got uh, we got lots of college basketball to talk about over the weekend. Obviously, the Super Bowl uh, coming up, but we got some big college basketball games in town this weekend. Uh, so, Casey. Here we go. Here we go. The uh, Bengals Bearcats report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Productivity. The path to innovation begins here. Visit Encore.tech. Let me tell you about this lovely bottle of water right here. Pawnee water. Pawnee water. Made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Do you think we could ever get a sports book to actually put odds on uh, on a match i'm sure that that uh, like like uh what if we did like a putt putt tournament you think we could get odds on that what do you think the odds should be no on that? i don't think do you feel confident are you a good putt putt player i would be i would destroy you in putt putt i wouldn't be close really you you, you 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 know one thing i do give you elliot for a guy that's not very talented at a whole lot of athletic things you are very confident well, I just, and that's that is something to marvel at. I, I listen. I, I think you forget that I'm all city in a sport. But I, were you ever all city? Doesn't no, seem, doesn't seem. Turns like out that I played sports that other kids played in high school. Doesn't seem. Yeah, hey, I was all city. Doesn't were you? Yeah. Uh, no, sportsbook's not giving us odds for a putt putt match. But I will beat you in putt putt anytime, anywhere, any place. 
So that's that, that. We'll just add that one to the ever-growing list of can Elliot beat Trace? And I think the list right now is Trace has golf against Elliot. And um, uh, the Sindor tennis match little, hasn't been released yet. Sindor little hoop thing here. He's hoop thing. You. Hoop thing's getting close if we change up the rules on that. Change up the rules. Hoop thing's getting close. Oh, we gotta change the rules. If we if we go if we do one shot a piece, we do make it the sudden death format. I don't know. I'm starting to like my chances. Uh, but yeah, I I don't think a sport. I I think if we talk to a sports book, they would have to study us though. They would have to. They would have to research our games. I think they have to take one. Legally, look at, is one that look allowed? Like I don't. Like I truly don't understand. Like would that be? Well, they wouldn't legal? put it on their. They wouldn't put it on their own book. They, I, well, I feel like they could put it on their book. No, they, they would couldn't. just have to limit the amount. I mean, it would be. It would be like a novelty thing. Like twenty bucks max that you can bet. What you, what's your handle going to be on that? No more than maybe a thousand bucks. It's more marketing than anything. Yeah. You know, a company that was great at marketing, I think, would do something like that. If it was legal, to be fair to Reed's point. I, and I wouldn't see why it wouldn't be legal. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, we'll, I don't have to, we'll have to get to that there another day. be some sort of official there, right? They'd correct. Be... Correct. Because I think that's part of it. I, I, listen, I'm not going to get into the, the weeds of uh, legalized gambling. But I will get into the weeds in, in our Super Chats. Yeah. yeah, you do that. Yeah. Nice. What a transition. Oh, yeah. Here Woo! we go. I don't have that transition in my bag. We're finally getting it. Uh, we have a $2 super chat from Big C. Trace is ready for another 15-hour gaming stream. Is no, that true? No, I'm not. No. You're not doing that? No, that was a mistake. Did you I ever knew get that paid? Was a mistake. I knew that question, was a mistake. Tom. What was the question, question again? I, I said, did you – because you uh, – correct me if I'm wrong. You yeah. won in that, if I'm not mistaken – Somewhere around uh, 12, 14, 1500 bucks. 1400, yeah. 1400, yeah. Right? I, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I, I, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> sure, it's coming. At some point, at some point, I think it should start accruing interest. At, at I, I agree. Oh. I just like my uh, college loans. <laughs> Drew Garrison with a $10 super chat. I love you, Tom. I love Alta Fiber. I hate Spectrum. Free Lindsay. Nice. <laughs> Lindsay's here today. She's Lindsay's just in the here. other room, and yeah. she's doing great. Um, then Chi-Town Real Estate with a $20 super chat. Hey-o. Says, Hey-o. Tom, before you take on a new adventure, I'd cry if you joined my channel. Love you and everyone in Chatterbox Universe. So, I'm in. All right. I'm in. I'm going to sell some real estate in, in Chicago. That's exactly right. Count me out. <laughs> Count me out. My sister can pay those taxes up there. Um. Apparently, my break was brought to you by the Ohio Democratic Party. So oh. says Mouse Cop. How about that? Well, I tell you. I, I, all of a sudden here, you, you know, what? We need to a lot of friends number? from the other side of the aisle today. This is like a, uh, you know, this is like a kumbaya around here today. Is there anything worse about living in Ohio than the political ads that are forced down our throat? Already started, which is crazy. It's everywhere. It's, it can't be everywhere. No, it's, everywhere. it's, it's, only, it's gotta be it doesn't states. happen in Alabama. It happens everywhere. Mm. You've got people trying to get mm. to these positions of power, the amounts of money. Now, our state is bigger than most states. I think we're the seventh largest in the country, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Yep. Yeah, but so there's a lot of money here that's being spent. And it's a year where, you know, in Ohio, we have one of the two Senate seats that are open. So it's a big deal. You, but um, yo, know, yeah. I mean, anywhere you go, I mean, I you know. I don't believe. I mean, you've lived in you've lived yeah, in more places brutal. than I have. It's you've lived brutal. in Arizona, which is also a swing state, although it's kind of transitioning not to be a swing state. But Arizona, I'm Tom's sure a swing state kind of guy, if you think about it. Illinois, <laughs> Illinois was not could not have had that many political ads back in the day. Illinois, really? No, I don't know about back then, but now I go there now. I mean, my lord, really? I mean, because you've got you know you've got there. 
you know, you've got 8,000 guys, men and women running for aldermen, whatever that means, right? Yeah. Okay. And you, I mean, you've got, you've got the, 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 Is it true the, that the, the, the local the Senate, the local house, the national Senate, okay. the national house governor. I mean, Republicans shouldn't even be on the ballot in that state because they never win. They have no chance. Right. Which is why you yeah. like living in Chicago. And, and that's one of the reasons you probably don't, which you may be onto something there where you might not see as many political ads as you do in a state that's where yeah. one side or the other has a chance to like win. Like here in, here in Ohio, you got... It, it well, you you kind of do. You kind of don't. I mean, it's the other way, really, here, by and large, yeah. because of the state, the Senate, the House, the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, blah, 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 uh, and one of the two uh, senators. Breaking and, news, Tom. Yes. From our friend uh, Drew Garrison. Yes. Uh, he says that Brill, Bill O'Brien has left Ohio State. Yeah, they were talking about that coming. So for those of you that Going don't know, to Boston College, Boston College. So what Bill O'Brien and, you know, this was this was a whole interesting story um, a couple of days ago because Ryan Day had not met with the press at all since their bowl game. Yeah. And they have had I, I think you could feasibly say they have had the most incredible offseason season, well, certainly the most incredible in this day and age of NIL and transfer portal. Uh, they had like. Eight of their guys, nine of their guys who were juniors, all draft eligible, all considered to be top three round guys. All of them, except for Marvin Harrison Jr., are coming back to play next year, their senior year. So it's just like, oh my God. I mean, you've got all of these players coming back. Then they go get maybe the best running back in the SEC, transfers from Ole Miss. They get the quarterback from Kansas State. We'll see how that plays out. But anyway, so he hadn't met with the media. So they hire Bill O'Brien. Oh, and on top of that, you know, they get in the transfer portal also the starting safety from Alabama, the starting center from Alabama, and the number one recruit in the country, a quarterback out of California who had committed to Alabama and then flipped when Saban left, and now he's coming to Ohio State. So you got all this going on. Well, now they hire Bill O'Brien to be the offensive coordinator, right? And, and, and Ryan Day decides that he's going to give up play calling. He says, I have to be, he says, I love play calling. I hate giving it up, but I have to be on my game for the rest of the team and what else is going on around here. So for the first time ever, he was going to give up play calling. Well, Bill O'Brien is a very experienced play caller at both the collegiate level and the NFL. All his years with Belichick and when he was head coach of the Houston Texans all those years. But then the story surfaces two days ago that O'Brien's a leading candidate to become the head coach. He's not coached a game at Ohio State. Now he's a head coach at Boston College. And the comments made yesterday by day, two days ago, were, we're aware of the situation, we're on it. So it's going to be really interesting to see what, what they do next. If Day is giving up play calling, maybe now he has to take it back. Or is there somebody out there John Gruden. Is there somebody out there that you say, come on in? Because you know Ohio State will pay through the nose. Right. You know that. Right. So it's not, it's not beyond a realm of conception that they could get somebody, if not him, certainly somebody like John Gruden to come in and pay him to be the offensive coordinator. That's well, who I'd hire. As an Ohio State fan, what was your favorite moment from the Bill O'Brien offensive coordinator era? <laughs> um Apparently, the quarterbacks really like him. Well, there you go. 
Yeah. How much pressure now uh, is on Ohio State? That's a good question. One good thing about the offseason is obviously they got a lot of talent, and and certainly you can make the case that Ryan Day, he's he's been nothing but a good coach. Um, The question is is that Ohio State wants great coaches, Mm -hmm. or Ohio State fans want great coaches. Mm -hmm. They want to win championships. And if it's it's anything less than a championship, quite frankly, I don't know if they're really ever going to be pleased, which is just the way – that's the way it goes for the Blue Bloods. The question I have, Tom, is like – I asked the same question last year. I'll ask it again really quickly. Is do you think by the fact that how good of a job Ryan Day has done, he's actually put more pressure on himself now to where if he doesn't perform, he's kind of did himself in from the standpoint that uh, he's on the hot seat, if you want to call it that. Well, there's no doubt. But I mean, I mean, look, when you take a job like that, when you're Kirby Smart or you're, you know, uh, uh, taking over at fill in the blank, Michigan, Penn State, Alabama, Georgia, I mean, USC. You know what you're getting into, man. You know what you're getting into. And it's all about the pressure. And there's no way for a second that that guys who have those jobs, while they may not win all the big games that your fan base uh, maybe wants you to win, but they are guys that are not going to back down to pressure. They're just not. And so Day knows. I mean, they've gone this offseason from being, oh, my God, they're going to lose a ton, to now, oh, my God, they've got a ton, and now the pressure is no doubt. I saw where uh, the Athletic came out yesterday with their their far too early top 25. Georgia one, Ohio State two. As an Ohio State fan, what's a success in your mind? What what would you say? Well, they got to beat Michigan, and they got to get to the college football playoff. Once you get there, I think it's unreasonable for any fan (laughs) – to expect you're going to go there, bless you. You're going to go there and win every time. I mean, Harbaugh's been to the last three. He got eliminated in the semis two years in a row until this year. You're playing really good teams, man. Right? I mean, Ohio State a year ago played Georgia, who didn't lose a game all year long and won the national championship. They gave him the best game of anybody, right? That shootout in the college football playoff semis. Yep. Sometimes they go your way, sometimes they don't. But he better darn sure beat course this coming year the college football playoff is uh is 12 so you better get to the semis 12 makes it incredibly hard to win a national championship no doubt about it's uh but that's the same for everybody and i know that i know that uh listen if you win a national championship you have to beat good teams along the way to do it no matter what but it, it it does feel like the way in which michigan won a national championship will never happen again and what i mean by that is i do think that beating ohio state was a big win tom but i guess you know, Alabama kind of snuck in there. And yes, you could say they were a good team, but Alabama, again, this is the same team all year long that was a Hail Mary away from losing to Auburn yep. and not even being in the college football playoff to then turning around and beating Washington with no disrespect. You could argue, who did they, you know, it's just 12 teams now, Tom. There's no doubt about it. You're going to have to beat the best, what you could argue, the best team in college football. Because Florida State and Georgia could have a legitimate argument that they were the best team in college football. And I know Florida State's a little bit of a, you know, they lost 63-3, yeah. to three, but they didn't have their guys. Right. So you can make the case that they were the best team. That won't happen ever again. No, you're right. I, I agree with you. It's going to be awesome uh, that, to go to 12 teams because of all the drama uh, you're going to have. Some of these teams in that opening round will get by. Some of the teams will have home games. Uh, it's going to be phenomenal. All right, let's get to the Super Bowl. Uh, and what I want to do is, do we have chat rankings for this week today? No, we don't. No. We don't. We, uh, we knew that the news was going to be happening. We didn't know how we were going to end the show. Yeah, okay. So All right. So I got a few things. I want to save us. We'll talk about anything we want to talk about for about the next um, 
what, 35 minutes. And then, um, and then I want to make a few additional comments near the end. Uh, let's start Super Bowl. Casey? Yes, Tom. You follow this stuff morning, noon, and night. Give me your macro view of the Super Bowl this weekend. Hmm. What are you looking at? Tom, I look at the Super Bowl and I just uh, feel feel sorry for all those fans out there that just have fallen trap to the Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time because you know you know this 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 this? this team is just been so lucky throughout the playoffs right they had no business beating the Ravens but the Ravens beat themselves all right let's give them the pass there they play Miami Dolphins in December January and we all know you can't win when you wear teal uniforms in the playoffs playoffs Dolphins come on can't do it come on can't do it and then yeah about the Bills the Bills they're one throw <laughs> away from winning that game. Casey, you're sliding down here quickly. Uh, there's the Bills, but that that was a that was a good, well deserved win. All right. Okay. So they are playing one of the greatest assembled teams sure. in our generation. They have a Pro Bowler or an All Star or All Pro. I'm sorry, at almost every single position for the 49ers. CMC. Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, Brandon Ayuk, Debo, Halafunga. Actually, Halafunga's hurt, but they had a the hall. They had a, a All Pro safety. They got Jadavius Ward. I mean, Dre Greenlaw. They even have, their worst player on defense is Chase Young. That's their worst starting player is Chase Young. There is no way. From the offense I've seen Patrick Mahomes operate this season, that he stands a chance when that 49ers team is fired up and ready to play, there's just no chance that he's going to be able to to score points against that defense. Now, here's the key. Are they going to come out firing on all cylinders? Are they going to lay another goose egg like they've done the last couple playoff games? Now, the defensive coordinator ripped them a new one yep. after the NFC Championship. Yes, he did. Called them soft. Yep. So they didn't play hard. Called them quitters. Called them quitters. Chase Young, top of the list. Buckeye. I think they're going to be fired up for this game, Tom. You look at the Super Bowl that they played against each other a couple years ago, yep. 2018 or 2020, whatever that was. And they were all over Mahomes. Four sacks that game. Mahomes threw two picks. Yeah, but who won the game? Well, yes, they won the game because Tyreek Hill caught this punt that was just thrown up, chucked up in the air. I mean, okay, whatever. They don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. They don't have what half of their offense was in that Super Bowl. And they're going up against a much tougher defense this time. I don't know. I don't like the. I don't like Kansas City's chances. I think everyone is on Kansas City. Everyone expects Kansas City to win. I'm going against the grain. Okay, so we're going to get into our. We're just going to go ahead and get our picks now, and you, sure. each person can give yeah, their sure. sort of explanation on what sure. they see. So do we have? Can we put those up there? These are our Super Bowl picks, and uh, Casey has made it very clear. Two point spread. You still like the Niners with the spread, correct? I like the spread. Yes. All right. Casey takes the San Francisco 
49ers. Trace? Well, without being as eloquent as uh, as Casey just was, I, I I think that Patrick Mahomes has grown on me. I'm not going to sit here and completely be a complete hater. I he's he's made me a believer in the sense that this year I will say that I don't think he has nearly the weapons he's had in the past. I do think he still has a pretty good run game, which is pretty a pretty pretty helpful thing when you can turn around and hand it off on third and three and not have to throw the ball and get a first down, but. Having said that, this is one of those weird games, Tom, where I it just feels like the 49ers are going to put it together at some point, but maybe they won't. But I'm going to bet on the fact that they do. They've not played up to their standard, if you want to call it that, all postseason, but yep. they found a way to win. That's, yep. what, that's what great teams do. I think good teams, you could argue, they play well consistently. Great teams find a way to win when they're not playing well at all. And the 49ers were, uh, were able to do that the entire postseason. Yes, they've been fortunate. They Maybe they shouldn't have been there. But isn't that the story or isn't that the way that every championship season goes, it feels like? Every champion that you've ever seen, every Super Bowl winner, if you go back through the history of their playoffs, there's always been one game where something, I don't want to say fluky, but something fortunate has happened for them and that allowed them to win. Sure. Same with the NCAA March Madness as well. Um, very rarely does a team just steamroll right through the tournament like UConn did maybe last year. Yeah. Uh, having said that, I'm going to bet on the fact that this Chiefs team is is not as good as they've shown the last few weeks. And one thing that nobody really talks about in this situation is the Chiefs were hot, but there's a bye week here. So there's a, there's a little bit of a stretch to where I would argue the momentum can kind of die over the course of a two-week stretch versus it being like, hey, I'm staying in a rhythm playing every single Sunday. Um, but again, Chiefs have, have, have been there and done it. The 49ers have it, but I am going to take the 49ers. Well, Lindsay is uh, just on the other side of the door, and she uh, jumps in the chat. Lindsay, thank you. Says, I think the 49ers have made it by the skin of their teeth in the playoff games. I don't think they'll be able to do that with the Chiefs. So Lindsay is weighing in for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, Reed Mouse, how we looking? Uh, listen, I've, I've flip-flopped my opinion on this game about 36 times because when I think about these two teams, I think about one of the greatest rosters that has ever been put together in the NFL. Yesterday, we did a fun little segment where we put um, the top 10 players yep. in this game. And when you look at the players that are playing this game, there's ten, possibly 10 future Hall of Famers playing in this game. Last year had a stacked a stacked roster between the two teams, between the Eagles and the um, the Chiefs. But this year is even better just because of how many big names are on the 49ers. Um, we're talking about a 49ers team that comes in with a lot of pressure. I think that they have significantly more pressure than the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have been there. They've, done, they've won the game. They've not been labeled the best team in the league all season long um, like the 49ers have. I think there's a lot of pressure on Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, I agree with you. Kyle Shanahan, of course, lost the game, um, the 28-3 game. Tom Brady versus the Falcons. He was the offensive coordinator. He was the one that was slinging it around, lost that game. Um, they get to the Super Bowl when he's uh, the 49ers uh, head coach. And, you know, they, they don't show up and play well. So now when you get to the game a couple times and you're not able to get over that hump, you start to overthink things. And I think Kyle Shanahan is, without a doubt, one of the greatest coaches in the game currently. Yep. But he he is overly reliant on his on his, on his his play sheets. Um, the one thing that I do love about the 49ers is we haven't seen them play from behind before this postseason, yep. and they did that in both their postseason games. Yep. 
I would say the 49ers haven't played well over their last three most important games. They played terrible against the Ravens. I don't think they played very well. They were lucky to get a win against the Packers, and then they stormed and played a second half against the Detroit Lions. They are the better team. There's no doubt about that. But you're taking the team that has way more pressure on them. You're taking the quarterback or the, the coach that has so much pressure coming into this game, the quarterback who hasn't been here before. He does play with a chip on his shoulder, does play with a lot of swagger. That's what I like about Brock Birdie. But on the other side, you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, who have the best coach in the game in Andy Reid, who have the best quarterback, who's trying to fight his legacy to be maybe the best quarterback the game's ever seen. You have a defense that doesn't get enough credit. To this day, they still don't get enough credit. They haven't given up 27 points but one time all year long. The, the stat that I keep thinking of is when the Chiefs score 21 points, they're undefeated this yep. year. So if they, they surpass 21 points, I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game at that. And uh, the, the Chiefs have, are playing their best football at the moment. They go. Everyone talk, wants to talk about this 49ers pass rush. Well, the 49ers in sacks this year are like 7th in the NFL. The teams that the all three teams that the Chiefs have played in the postseason have had more sacks. Ravens were number one, Bills were number three, Dolphins were number four in the league. So they've been able to um, nullify a good pass rush. I think this is going to be a very low scoring game, but in a game where I can't make up my mind, I oftentimes go with the quarterback and the better coach, and I think that both falls with the Kansas City Chiefs. So okay. I'm taking the Chiefs. All right. Elliot? The irony. The of, irony of, of everything is when, when Casey and, and Trace over there, they sit and they slander Patrick Mahomes. The reasoning is everybody's on the Chiefs. Everybody's on the Chiefs. The more you say that and the more you start betting 49ers, and then everybody starts having that opinion. Oh, yeah, everybody's on the Chiefs. Then it switches, Tom. Then everybody gets back on the 49ers. We've hit, we've hit it perfectly. We've hit it perfectly. The Chiefs were all over. Everybody was all over the Chiefs at the beginning. But now we got we got some sharps over here saying, oh, over here in the studio over here, right there. Okay, everybody's on the Chiefs. The whole world is on the Chiefs. So now we're all going to bet 49ers, right? Come on, everybody that's over there, come back over here. We're going to all bet on the 49ers. But when you do that, then you leave nobody with the Chiefs. And I and myself and Reed, we will gladly stay on the side of Patrick Mahomes. I've got a stat for you, Tom. Uh, and again, this is my stat of the day. All right. This is preliminary lunar analysis. The Chiefs are 15, and this is in the last five years. Sorry, they are 19 and one under a waxing crescent. A waxing crescent. The day of the Super Bowl, you ask, what is it? A waxing crescent. The Chiefs have lost one game, one game in the last five years. It was, let's check that year. That was 2021 against the Buffalo Bills. That was the last time they lost a game in 20 tries on a waxing wow. crescent condition. The Chiefs are going to win this game. The 49ers, yes, they've proven that they can come back against the Lions, against the Packers. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. I dare them to get down 20 points. I, I want them. I'm begging them to get Nobody's down 17. Nobody's ever come back from that. I want, them to come, I want them to try to come back from 17 against Patrick Mahomes in that defense. I beg them. I'm going to take the Chiefs all the way to the bank. I'm not, I, I, I bet on the Bills. 
I bet on the Ravens. Every team I bet against, every time I bet against Patrick Mahomes, I fail. That's right. I'm, well, not, that's, getting, I'm not getting suckered not into smart. this bet anymore. I'm taking the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to win this Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes will cement himself as the second greatest quarterback in the history of the sport. And, and Trace and, and, and Casey over there will slander his good name until the day they die. And that's fine. They, they will die on their little hill. Uh, but me personally, we are going all the way to the bank. So everybody, please, I'm begging you. Please keep saying that the 49ers, nobody's on the 49ers, everybody's on the Chiefs. Because the more you say it, the more people will go over to that losing side, leaving my pick open for a W. For a this, big cash. That's right. Easy W, Kansas City Chiefs win. You need to donate your brain to science. It sh I should. It would be worth millions. For those of you wondering, Elliot broke this out a couple of weeks ago before the championship games about the different phases, if you will, of the moon. Okay. And you just said the Chiefs in the last 20 years only once has Kansas City lost during what is called the waxing crescent moon. That's correct. Okay, now what does that mean? Now this is actually something all of us could probably take a little something from. Obviously the Chiefs have. The waxing crescent phrase is often referred to as the rebuilding phase. Okay, that's what it's often referred to. Once the moon has reemerged with new energy. New, I love that, right? Energy. New energy. It's the perfect time to set new intentions for the month ahead and work on self-improvement. So, uh, how does a waxing uh, crescent moon affect you? Good okay. question. A lot of people are asking. It lights a fire under your tail. That's the definition. Charging you with energy and ambition to right. go out and get it done. You're saying the Chiefs get it done. 100%. And by the way, if you rode my moon pick with the Lions, you covered that bet. They covered the spread in all of the, I believe it was the waning crescent. That was the waning. So was... the moon bet won there. It's going to win again. 19-1, and one, waxing crescent. We'll see you on Sunday for an easy dub. And everybody's going to doubt this little moon nonsense. That's fine. You can doubt it. Uh, and you can keep saying that the Chiefs, nobody, oh, everybody's on the Chiefs, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to win. The same people that are doubting the moon logic don't believe in horoscopes. And that's that's where they're going wrong. That's where that's exactly right. where you're right. Us Tauruses, we stick together. We, we know what it's about. We know our astrological signs. That's right. Okay. All right. Tom, you are the tiebreaker here. Well, look, I'm, I, you know, I, I sit there and I say to myself, there, there was a time not too long ago, and it's hard for people to remember this. But there was a time not too long ago, and I was announcing games in a league when Andy Reid was a head coach in Philadelphia. He's there for better than a decade. They're getting to NFC championship games. They've got Donovan McNabb. They've got this incredible defense, right? But they can't win the big one. And everybody started questioning Andy Reid. And Philadelphia said, we're done with this. He's fired. People forget Andy Reid was fired in Philadelphia. Okay? Peterson comes in. They won a Super Bowl, right? Oh, see, Reed. You know. Okay, so Reed goes to Kansas City. Uh, he's considered to be one of the best coaches in the game. He goes there, and what happens? He gets in the playoffs a couple times with Alex Smith there, and then what happens? He gets even a far better quarterback than Donovan McNabb was, and McNabb was one hell of a player. He really was. Tough guy, gave you everything he had. I mean, one of the great warriors in Philadelphia sports history. But everybody will remember he never won the Super Bowl. Andy Reid never won the Super Bowl. Until what happens? You get the best quarterback. 
Bill Belichick won Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Why? He had the best quarterback. I love Brock Purdy. I have been his biggest defender around here. I Me think too. the guy's going to be a great player. Me and Reed have been on, on his, right. on his right, you know, Tom. blazing that trail for two years sense. now. But look, there's no way on God's earth. I'm with you guys. There is no way on God's earth that were I, were I a gambler, and I have said that I have had in my life at one point in time or another, if not right now, every vice there is known to man. Mm -hmm. I've had them all. Had them all. Wish I could say otherwise, but had them all. The only one I haven't had is gambling. If I were a gambler, and so... I'm speaking from no experience here, so maybe what I say, you just throw out the window. It's fine. There's no way on God's earth I'm betting against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think as an underdog, he's like 10-1 and one outright, Patrick Mahomes is. So. Tom, can I ask you to do something for me? Whatever you need. Is, and this is with love, and this is with respect. No, then that means it's about to be something probably not so. I am not a good gambler. But based on your picks this year, you are the world's worst gambler. So what I'm going to have you do is switch your pick so I can win my bet. Can you do that for me? You can have morally in your heart, you know the Chiefs are the better team, but I just like it up there to say that you took the 49ers. Uh, then the Niners, yeah. I bet the ranch on them. Bet it all Thank on you. the Niners. Right. Now, now we're good. Me, now I feel great. That's, that's basically why me and Trace feel so good over now, here. Well, no, no, no. The, you the didn't, two worst gamblers in the room yeah, over please. here is just Thank you. completely all over the, the – Chiefs. So. No, 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 no. I'll tell you one he thing I've never said. I've never said I was nervous once Elliot was, was on the opposite side of me. I was, yeah. I've never once thought, oh man, Elliot, he's on the other side of this. Maybe I should rethink it. That's never been a thought. It, you're going to feel, you're going to feel real bad. You're going to feel real silly. When I walk in here, I put 30 big bucks on the Chiefs to win. When I come in here with 2750 because of, you know, the Vegas thing. If I come in here with 2750 on Monday, you're going to feel real stupid. Are you going to take him to cover or win outright? Uh, cover. I'm not playing this nonsense. I feel, I feel, I feel like so two. confident he wants those two points. Here's, you know what's, you <laughs> yeah. know what's interesting about this game, in all seriousness, getting, getting us back on uh, topic here when it comes to the Super Bowl, is just how like both these teams have gotten to this game in incredibly different routes. Like They have built their teams completely different. You've got the 49ers who have this old team of yep. all these huge stars. They've got... They're paying everyone but the quarterback. That's right? right, and that's why they're able to do it. Right, they're they're paying everyone but the quarterback. You know, we want we want pass rushers, we want linemen, we want wide receiver, like all the things that um, they're they're spending money on through the free agency. And then you got the Chiefs who just go like, yeah, we got the one quarterback, we got the best quarterback in the league. We're just gonna ride on him. We'll give him one weapon, and we'll just keep we'll just keep circulating the guys around him. And you know what? We'll we'll win plenty of games. That's what's really cool about the NFL is. You can get to the game in multiple ways. You can get to That's the big right. game. I mean, it, it's not like uh, like in the NBA, you you got to have multiple stars to get there. That's and, right. In baseball, you got to spend a bunch of money. And when it comes to the NFL, so many different routes can get you to that big game. Yeah, there's no I, doubt. There's no doubt. I, I want to I, before we forget, we move off this topic. I want to say Drew Garrison has a super chat ten dollars. Shanahan is skinny. Reed is fat. Yeah. Big government doesn't want you healthy. They will make sure the Chiefs win. Open your eyes. <laughs> that was so deep. mean from Drew. Did you? Did you? Can you read Justin's super chat? That's deep. Justin also had a super chat. Uh, is it about me? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Edgel with a five dollar super chat. Tom's walk off shot should be showing Drake's hammer. Back to uh, what? 
What? <laughs> Tommy, you didn't see that on X? <laughs> no, I did not. I have no idea what you're Casey, talking about. Casey, run the about. clip. Uh, <laughs> no, real quick. I, I, no. I, think, I think the biggest point that anybody in here has made is, and I, and, I, and I really believe it, Reed mentioned it, the 49ers have everything to lose. The Chiefs are playing with house money. That, that's where we are in this Super Bowl, and that's why I honestly believe that the Chiefs will win. Yeah, that's, that's what, you know what's crazy about everyone putting money on, on the Chiefs? Because all the money is on the Chiefs just for the same reason that, that Tom said, that we said, is like when, when it comes down to this game, are you going to put money on uh, Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy? And I know I make a shtick out of making fun of Brock Purdy, but in all seriousness, he's, he's obviously a pretty, pretty skilled quarterback. Um, it's It's... All season long, it was, man, these Chiefs aren't very good. All season long, it was, man, this, this team isn't very good, yeah. and these 49ers are incredible. They're the best team ever. And all it took was two weeks in the postseason for the 49ers the, to be outplayed. You know, they sneak out wins against the Lions and the Packers, two NFC North teams, and the, the, the Chiefs go on and beat two of the best teams in the NFL, and the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens, for that um, narrative to completely flip on its head. So now everyone's like, all right, how are you going to bet against the Chiefs? That doesn't scare you at all. What do you mean? I'm just saying, like, it doesn't scare you that, that maybe, just maybe, that yeah, the perception has just been skewed a little bit. Like, you're, 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 you're buying, you're buying uh, some false narrative that really doesn't actually exist, you know? It's I'm like not, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you go on a date or two with somebody that, and that you're, you're having a blast you're having a real good time, and then you you know you meet their family, and you, and you look at you look at kind of the maybe maybe the way that they go about their living arrangement at their apartment, and you realize ah you know this I'm not I don't know this doesn't really go towards the morals that I grew up on, but you know what I've had a blast the last two weeks. This is gonna work out. I'm not buying into any false narrative whatsoever. I've said from the get go that the 49ers are the better team. They have the they have a much better roster. The only narrative, and, and, and to say that it's a false narrative is isn't, it's not false at all. The Chiefs have played a better postseason run. They played better teams and they've dominated both games. When the 49ers played inferior teams and got outplayed, but that's so that's not a false narrative whatsoever. That's exactly what happened. Fair. I'm Tommy. fighting. I I've said every time I've talked about this game, the 49ers should win this game. They've got the better better. They got better receivers. They've got a better offensive line. They've got a better running back. They got a better defensive line. They've got a maybe not a better secondary, but they've got better linebackers. So every single position on the field is better other than, you know, tight end where it's the best tight end in the league versus the second best tight end in the league. And then quarterback, which obviously as we all know is the most important position in all of sport. Yep. So when when people are asking the question, why aren't the Chiefs favored in this? It's because they they're not as good. If you go back to if, if this game was played week 10 of the NFL regular season at a neutral site, the 49ers wouldn't be favored by two points. They'd be favored by a touchdown because they are the better team. They've got the better roster. The only reason that the, that the spread is two points is just because of the way the teams have looked over the past um, three games that they've played. Um, all right. You know, a lot of people, including my buddy today, school bus driver, we were talking about this this morning. Um. I asked him, I said, who are you rooting for? He said, man, I, I can't root for anybody. Yeah. He said, I'm old enough to, to, to remember the 49ers kicking the Bengals' tail twice right. in a Super Bowl. That's right. He said, and now I've had to listen to this Kansas City Chiefs stuff for the last how many years since Burrow showed up on the scene, right? 
So I think I, I would think a lot of people who are, who are Bengals fans are probably facing that same dilemma. So let me just ask you this. Which team, each of you, if you didn't have money on it or anything else, who are you rooting for to win the game? Or do you care who wins the game? Um, Take the gambling part out. Yeah, so my rooting interest is for Brock Purdy's success. Okay, so you're rooting for the 49ers. Rooting for Brock Purdy's success. That's so he'd rather, have, he'd rather have Brock for Purdy throw for 450 yards with four touchdowns in the San Francisco 49ers lose than the Brock Purdy throw zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and the 49ers win. Correct. Is that because of gambling? No. No, I think okay. he's just a right. Brock Purdy okay. guy. I'm a Brock uh, Purdy guy. Too. I am too. All right, Trey, who are you rooting for? Um, or are you rooting for any of them? Well, I'm definitely not rooting for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> that's a fact. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to root for the 49ers, clearly. I'm going to put my money where my, my heart is. Okay. And hopefully it all pays itself off. Who are you guys rooting for? Any not, rooting interest at all? I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't like the 49ers. I've never liked the 49ers, not only because of what they've done to the Bengals, but I, I truly believe that they seem to be the Dodgers of the NFL in, in terms of they can always put, up, put out a great regular season. They get to the postseason and they choke. That seems to be what's happening here. That's what I think will happen. The Chiefs, I don't root. I don't root for the Chiefs. I don't root for Patrick Mahomes. I don't root for Travis Kelsey. Uh, I don't. I, I don't root for anybody that's out on the field. But if I had to pick, if you're going to make me root, I'll root for Mr. Irrelevant. I'll, I'll do the same thing Casey did. I'll say if this if this underdog story wants to go out and win a Super Bowl, that I think that's a fun storyline. Uh, but saying that, I, I truly don't have a rooting interest. I just have a gambling interest. Uh, if you're asking me who I'm rooting for, I I'm, am. I am far too young. Um, I wasn't even alive when the, the Bengals lost to the 49ers in both those Super Bowls. So that means quite literally nothing to yep. me. So I don't, I don't have a slant against the 49ers because they beat the Bengals. I understand older Bengals fans why they would good it. So I, I every my rooting interest is very much based in my Bengals fandom. Okay, that's what I'm asking. And for that reason. I want the Kansas City Chiefs to win. And people might be asking, how the heck does that make sense, Reed? Yeah, really, I am too. It doesn't, it doesn't make well, sense. Well, the reason that it makes sense is because if the Kansas City Chiefs wins, what changes? What changes for Bengals fans? Absolutely nothing. This team is already better, is already a better franchise. They've already won two Super Bowls, something that the Bengals have not even been able to do once. Patrick Mahomes has already cemented himself as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It just furthers his legacy. I'm a fan of the AFC, fan of the Bengals, so that's part of the reason that I don't want the 49ers to win. The other reason, and this is me being entirely honest, perhaps a little bit insecure as a Bengals fan, is that if Brock Purdy wins, I can't, I can't hear the, is Brock Purdy better than Joe Burrow conversation. I can't do that. And I know that's going to come up. So I just don't, I just want to avoid that. I just want to circumnavigate that all in entirety. Because if Brock Purdy does win, we will be having that conversation. Whether it's a legit conversation or not, I don't want to get into today, the, the Friday before the Super Bowl. But I know that if Patrick Mahomes wins, it means nothing to the Bengals. It changes nothing about how the Bengals are perceived in the league. In fact, it actually raises the Bengals because they're the only team to beat Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Joe Burrow and Tom Brady are the only ones to do that. I want to ask you, Tom, because yesterday Reed gave his top 10 of the uh, of the best players of this Super Bowl matchup. Yes. Brock Purdy wasn't on that list. If the 49ers win this Super Bowl, do you believe it will be because of Brock Purdy? I think he will have to have a large hand in it, and I look no further than their regular season body of work and really in the postseason. Um, 
Games he's not played well, they don't win. Baltimore, four picks, right? Okay, the first half against Detroit, he does not play well, okay? Now, he didn't light it up in the second half, but the bottom line is, is they scored 24, 27 points in the second half. They did something right. Now, the defense stepped up and played better, but at the end of the day, the 49, there's no team. There's no team. If people say, well, you know, Trent Dilfer's won a Super Bowl and all these kind of guys, right? And, and, and Mark Rippon. Well, well, go look and see what Mark Rippon did in the Super Bowl when he won it for the Washington Redskins. I think he threw four or five touchdown passes in the game. I mean, the dude lit it up. He may not be one of the all-time great quarterbacks. The quarterback's got to play well. He can't turn the ball over, obviously. So, yes, I mean, I don't know how anybody in their right mind in any football game, high school game, college game, pro game, how in the world is a quarterback, starting quarterback of one of the top, of one of the two teams, not in the ten most important players of the game? I mean, are I, you kidding? Ten because, best players in the game. Well, of course he's one of the ten best players. Tom, in the, game. the 49er, I mean, there's there's a legitimate shot that there's ten Hall of Famers playing in this Super Bowl, legitimately. And do you think Brock Purdy's a Hall of Famer? Like, no, like, no, no. I don't think he's all like of Patrick, no, of Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Hall of Famer. Travis Kelsey, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Trent Williams, Hall of Famer. I think. I don't know about that, but Trent go ahead. Williams is, is probably a Hall of Famer. I think Chris Jones will be a Hall of Famer. I think Fred... Not, but not today. I'm, I'm not just, today. I'm, I'm, I'm perceiving be. it. I mean, yeah. Okay. If Brock Purdy retires today, he's not a Hall of Famer, but I think we're, we're, we're projecting that he won't get there either. Um, I think a Fred Warner can make a Hall of Fame. I think a George Kittle. George Kittle's one of the best tight ends in the game right now and, and, a, and has been for a long time. Like we're talking Hall of Famers on top of Hall of Famers playing in this game, and I'm sorry that if I have to to poke the bear and say that Brock Purdy isn't one of the ten best players in this game, I don't think that's I don't I, I really don't even think that's a controversial take. Okay, I think their formula to success is giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey. I think that's how they win the game. I think Brock Purdy can certainly be the re, a, a factor into why they lose, and maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's not fair that he can be the reason they lose and not the reason they win. But I think that's what it's going to be. I think the 49ers are, are going to fall behind in this game, just like they've done the past two postseason games, and they're going to be unable to throw their way out of it because of who they have at quarterback. I think Brock Purdy is a damn good quarterback. But at the end of the day, Reed is somewhat correct. When you look around these two rosters, Brock Purdy is not a top 10 player. He's not. And this game, yeah, and then that, once again, that is not disparaging, I, I think, to Brock Purdy. I think that is like almost an objective fact based on what's around. And he can, he can change that perception, right? If Brock Purdy is a perennial MVP candidate, then yeah, he's, he, we will look back and be like, oh man, this was the, the blossoming of Brock Purdy's career. But at this moment, with the information that we have in front of us, I don't think you can consider him a top 10 player in this game. Do you think Andy Reid retires, Tom, if they win? No, I do not. No, I do not. I think nope. he's going to want to continue to win with Mahomes as long as he has Mahomes. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Unless there's something physically going on with him that we don't know about. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't mean it like that. that. I, 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 just meant, I just meant purely you've done this for so long. At some point, you want to ride off into the sunset, Nick Saban style. And you're just kind of, you're, you're at the point in your life where... You have, no, you, I don't you, think there's, so. There's really nothing left to prove. There's nothing left to, I guess, theoretically gain. He's, he's 65. He's, he's said, like, they've asked him this question this week, and he has... Because they always give really solid truthful answers in these these pros. Well, like yeah. he didn't yeah. dance around it. He he straight up said I'm not retiring. 
Yeah, he basically <laughs> he said, literally well, he said, said now like, is not the like time. He, it wasn't like I thought he said now's not the he time. He said now's not the time, and you can take that now's a couple not the of time different to ways. You can say now's not the time for me to retire, or you can say now's not the time for me to be talking about this. Yeah. Right? That's the way I took it. Yeah, I yeah. could see how you could take it either way. Yeah. And look, uh, Trent well, Williams, somebody said, you know, Tom, you're a fool. He's been to eleven Pro Bowls. Okay. All right. Hall of Famer. That's fine. Fourth overall pick in two thousand ten. Uh, most of that time spent in Washington before he came to the Niners. Fair enough. 35 years old. Still really good. Um, three, real quick, three super chats on this topic. Uh, Sir Boy, $1.99, 250 on the Chiefs' money line. Here we go, ooh. Tom, by the hype. Big C, 499 I think Purdy will Garoppolo, 2.0. McCaffrey is the true MVP of the 49ers. And then he had an additional $2 super chat to correct the previous super chat. Will be. So I think... Purdy will be Garoppolo 2.0. Well, here, here's the deal. Look, you don't have to be an X's and O's. You don't have to be somebody who follows football all that closely to understand that what you guys just said is exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs are, are saying on defense. They took away Baltimore's run game, and they forced Lamar to have to beat him in the air. Mm-hmm. Right? They completely shut down the run game. And once they got ahead, as Brian Billick pointed out, now all of a sudden Baltimore's having to do something they haven't done all year long because most of the year they're playing with a lead. They just run it, run it, run it, run it. Kansas City's number one priority in the game, besides winning the game, is to stop the run of Christian McCaffrey. They are going to force Brock Purdy into situations where he's going to be the guy that can beat them. They are not going to let... Now, it's not to say that their line doesn't just blow open holes and, okay, McCaffrey runs for 158 yards. But nobody's run the ball all that well against Kansas City this year. They are going to load up Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, everything to stop McCaffrey. That's why I say the most important player in this game for either team is Purdy. Without a, in my opinion, without a doubt, because that's what they're going that's, that's, to do. He's the biggest question. He, he, he certainly is the biggest question mark. Yeah, right? without you know, a doubt. You, you can, know, he, you, can he do it or not do it? You're, you're absolutely right. If Brock Purdy goes out there and, and shines, then it's hard to believe that. I said this from the get-go. It's hard to believe that the Chiefs win a shootout against the 49ers. I don't see that. No, I don't either. No. I don't, I, and they don't want that game. No, they don't. They, no. They, they're, they're, their game plan is exactly what they did against the Ravens. You know, shorten the game, limit possessions, control the ball. Um, you're, you're, you're right. If, if Brock Purdy throws for 375 yards and, and, and a pair of touchdowns, the 49ers will cruise, will absolutely cruise to a, to a Super Bowl win. But there's also that case where you can see Brock Purdy throwing a, a pair of picks. Um, as he did against the Ravens, as he as he did in the first half against the Lions, he threw one pick. Um, you know, well, like, Lamar did it too. Right. That's what they forced him to do. Right. They forced him to beat them with his arm, and you know, he, he throws a couple of picks. He throws one in the end zone, which basically clinched the game. That's the those are the mistakes Purdy cannot make. Right. Doesn't matter how talented their roster is, he cannot make them. And if he doesn't make them, they're going to win the game. But again. Uh, I'm supposed to say I took the 49ers, though, right, Elliot? Yes. Okay. Please. All right. Okay. That would help me out. You think we're going to get a close game, Tom? Because I, I, it feels like uh, we've been dancing around a blowout at some point. Like, I always think to myself, it's been uh, – looking back to here, obviously Tampa Bay versus Kansas City wasn't very close. 
But we've had a pretty good run of Super Bowls lately. We Obviously, the Rams and, and uh, the Bengals. And then last year was a great game. Do we get three great games in a row, or is this going to be one of those situations where it ends I up I think we get a good one, don't you? I have a weird feeling that it's similar to the uh, – in my mind, it's similar to when um, the Panthers played the uh, Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. To where – you kind of forget how really how, how good one defense is yep. and how bad at times the other offense has been. Yep. That's the that's the storyline that's not been talked about. We talk about how great Patrick Mahomes is and he's been great. They scored 17 points last week. That's right. They they they, they, they the there's been half. numerous times this year where that offense has looked abysmal. And Kansas you could say obviously Kansas City has played better and they have. But they're going up a very up against a very good defense that got thrashed against the Lions and usually good teams Great teams bounce back. We'll see. I have well, a so bad feeling about it. Well, that's that's the you, you're right. Like we we we've danced around the the Chiefs' offense, but as I've been beating the drum on the the, the Chiefs' defense, it's 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 been top five in the league literally all season long. They've given up 27 points one time. Um, if you're looking at what the the 49ers have given up, they've given up 27 points. I'm, I'm looking at it right here. They've given up 27 points in. Uh, Four times and two times in December. Like I'm not gonna read it all off. And their three-game lose streak, they gave up 31 points to the the Bengals. So like this is it, it very much out of the three. There's four outcomes, right? Chiefs win a close game. 49ers win a close game. Chiefs blow them out. 49ers blow them out. Out of those four possible outcomes, the only one I cannot see whatsoever is the Chiefs blowing out the 49ers, and that is because they do have some. Um, some problems on the offensive side of the ball. See, I, 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 dis, I, I, I would disagree with that. I, I think that while I don't expect it, it's not what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, I could see the Chiefs blowing them out of the gym. If Purdy has a kind of, because they have a, they have a, you say whatever you want. The Chiefs defense is a better defense than the 49ers. 49ers have more stars. The Chiefs defense is a better defense. Um, and they've backed it up. The, the the Chiefs outside of the Denver game, the one game this year where they just completely laid an egg, right? And that was the most points that they, they've given That's up. right. I mean, you know, outside of that, they've proven it all year long that they don't get blown out of the gym. Their quarterback doesn't have a three or four interception game or turn it over three or four times in a game. They don't do it. The 49ers have done it. The 49ers have laid an egg on defense falling behind, especially against the Lions. A good team drills the 49ers in that game. A really good team wins that game by three touchdowns, without a doubt. And, 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 and so, you know, then you look at Kansas City. Yeah, they may not be scoring 17 points. They had none in the second half against, against Baltimore. But they never, ever, ever shoot themselves in the foot and, and, and get blown out of the gym. And so, you know, look, I mean, if Purdy has the kind of game he had against Baltimore – a really good defense like Kansas City's defense, I could certainly see Kansas City blowing them out of the gym. You throw, you throw four picks, you're getting the ball on this side of the 54 or five times over the course of a game for Mahomes and Pacheco and Kelsey, and here we go. I mean, this is Kansas City, man. This is, these are the Kansas City Chiefs. They're playing in their fourth Super Bowl in the last six years. They're trying to win it for the third time. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're, they're really good. 
really good. Um, and, and the thing that's amazing is, you know, we talked about at the beginning in the monologue about their, their general manager saying they got to bring back Snead, they got to bring back Jones. That's their priority. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But Mahomes ain't going anywhere. And I don't think Reed's going anywhere. Maybe he is. I mean, they, they're not going away. They're not going away. They've been too good at constructing their roster. Just think of where they were four years ago from the way they built their roster to the way that roster is built now. It's almost an about face except for Mahomes and Kelsey. They were really good on offense, unbelievably explosive, and now all of a sudden they've become a good offense with a great quarterback and a great tight end and a great defense. Young. So to think they're going anywhere because Mahomes ain't going anywhere, um, I just don't see it happen. All right, uh, real quick. Any thoughts, Zebra? Do, does UC nail down a spot in the NCAA tournament after barring a collapse, collapse the rest of the season? Say they play 500 the rest of the year. If they beat Houston tomorrow, is that their marquee win to get them in? If they beat Houston tomorrow, they're in. If they beat Houston tomorrow, they're in. They're currently in right now. If, if they if they take yeah, but if they take care of business, we're not waiting on selection Sunday to find out if we're in. We're in. That that that's the the team has proved up until this point. Uh, we're too far into the Big Twelve uh, season conference season um, to say that UC's not good. So they're they're a damn good team if they stay healthy. They beat Houston. They're in. They're in. They're in the tournament. Tom, I asked these guys um, a couple days ago. Will the city of Cincinnati get one tournament win this year? Yes. You think so? Yes, okay. I do. I would take. I think they could get more than that. I think. I think. I don't know if both teams will get in. They certainly will get one team. If even if both teams get in, they'll both be underdogs. Like I don't see um, Cincinnati get in and as like a seven seed or something like that. I think right. Cincinnati will be like a ten. If Xavier gets in, they certainly will be like an eleven. Um, so it would it would take an upset. But I'm with you. I think I think they I think they get a tournament win this. Summer. Uh, we have a super chat, Big C, $5. Kadarius Tony had a breakout game last Super Bowl. Do you all think he could have a sleeper breakout game this time around despite his struggles? Not only do I not think he will play a snap, uh, I, he might get cut before the game. So, no, I, I do not think Kadarius Tony will be an impact in that game. If, okay. the Chiefs are, if the Chiefs are lucky, he won't be an impact in that game. Okay. All right, um, we're going to wind down here. We've got Box Lunch coming up next, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Casey, yep. you're a data host. Quiplash. Yep, Quiplash Any, any day. tease for the show? Uh, it's just a Quiplash day. Just another gaming day where we uh, focus mainly on just having fun. So it's not a heavy show. Do we not have fun on this show? Is that what you're saying? No, no, we have fun on this show. No, you just... kind of implied that. We're just going to try to have some fun. Like the last <laughs> two hours have been like a drag. No, that's not. That's not kind of the way tra- it sounded. It's not what I was trying. And to are lie. you going? Is your bride feeling well enough? By the way, where Boogie Nights is on tap for the weekend? Not this weekend. Next weekend, probably like the seventeenth. Probably when we'll go. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, listen, we were talking at the very uh, beginning of the show that, you know, Chatterbox, we're, we're expanding. And so there, there are lots of things going on. I'm going to take on a, a, a little bit different role. We're going to be doing a show on a Monday and then either a Thursday or Friday. We're just trying to work through all of that, including a big interview every single week. Still talk a lot about local sports, a lot about national sports, that kind of thing. Trace and the gang, Elliot, Reed, 
and Casey will continue to do this show. But, you know, I, I want to I really want to say something to uh, to uh, two things. I, I, first of all, before I get to those two, again, please, I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still a chatterbox sports guy. I mean, maybe some of you are hoping I'd go somewhere, and I understand that, too. My wife's hoping I'd go somewhere anywhere, just leave the house for a while. But um, I'm here, and I'm all in on chatterbox. Okay, but like the rest of you guys, you know, you got other things in life that are kind of pulling you in different directions and different stages of your life. And so I've got to be able to go address nothing bad, but just have more time for some of those things that I can't right now. But that leads me to, to, to the two things I want to talk about. Number one, you know, I, I really want to thank Trace and Sean for giving me the chance to come do this show. Um, I have not been hired for any other job since right here at Chatterbox. After I got fired and earned getting fired in 2020, I have not had a chance to go back and broadcast anything. I mean, not a local radio show, not a uh, Mid-American Conference football game, certainly not like the old days of Major League Baseball and the NFL, right? And you know what? That's okay. Totally at peace with that. But like a lot of you, you know, you feel like you're healthy. You feel like you're strong. You feel like you might have something to, to offer somebody. The only guys to give me that chance, the only guys in the world to give me that chance of something that I said three and a half years ago, we're going to hit this baseball season, and this will be four straight major league baseball seasons that I'm not calling games. That's okay. But what's more okay is you had at least one person out there when you're going through a lot of the stuff that I was going through. And like, like I said, I earned it. So this is not like some pity party thing here, okay? I'm the one that said what I said. I've apologized profusely. I've tried to grow from it. I know I have grown from it. And there are always going to be people out there that are going to throw up the meme you know, Castellanos, there's a drive in the left. Man of faith, may never put my headset on again. It, the haters hate. They do what they want to do. That's fine. No problem. Do whatever you want to do. Whatever makes you happy in that regard. If you're one of those people, knock yourself out. But I hope for good things for you. But... In those last four years, man, you start, a lot of things start spinning in your mind. You know, am I ever going to, I mean, am I ever going to get a chance to work again? Am I going to be remembered as the guy who said that word and you're thought of as a homophobe, which I am not, and can look right in the eye and not a sliver of it in my body? Not one. Not one drop of homophobic blood in my body. Not one. And people that have spent time with me that are gay would tell you the same thing. But that's neither here nor there. You wonder, are you ever going to work again? And the only guy, take a shot of this guy right here, Casey. This is the only guy right here who said, you know what? Maybe there is such a thing as forgiveness and a second chance in this world. And that's Trace Fowler. I cannot thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. Sean as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I've tried to illustrate this to you as much as I possibly can. It's a it's a two way street. This isn't some philanthropic thing that we did to where it's like, oh, let's 
You've helped us out a lot too, Tom. And, um, you, you know, there are things that happen in life that you obviously wish would have been different. Um, we've had conversations about the perceptions that you've had, whether, whether you, when you were on air with the Reds and et cetera. Yep. And at the end of the day, you know, um, I, I just wish, I just wish that, uh, you get what you deserve at some point, which is an opportunity to do what you ultimately love. And I think that's part of what we're doing here. And it, it's, uh, it's, it's obviously nothing that we can control. I mean, uh, you've, you've been on our airwaves. You've been nothing but, uh, but cordial to us. You've, you've come in here and, and, and obviously been a part of what we've done for two years. And you're not leaving, I get that. Yep. But at the same time, I also know what uh, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to accomplish here. And I knew from the very start that you were, there was a chance that Tom Brenneman was going to be gone the, the, you know, the next day because somebody called him and gave him an opportunity um, that you rightfully uh, should obtain. And, you know, ultimately we've, we've, we've kind of bounced around this thing of will it ever happen or not happen? I don't know. I would just say um, that I hope it does. And if it doesn't, then that's shame on our society, quite frankly. And I know that's probably not the time and place to really talk about the deep, the deep uh, depths of, of what things should happen in this society and what shouldn't. But um, but I would just tell you that we appreciate everything you've done for us. It's not a philanthropic philanthropic thing that you that you uh, that you showcase from time to time. And um, you know, I would just say thank you to you. I know that you know you feel indebted to us. You shouldn't feel that way. You've you've come in here. You've done your job. We've grown from it. Uh, there's a lot of people that would have never known about Chatterbox Sports if it wasn't for you. Um, we've 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 accumulated some haters because of you, Tom, and that's okay. That the small minority that I keep trying to tell you, there's a, there's a small people out there that have a big loud voice on the internet, um, but, but usually they don't have much to say uh, outside the internet. And I would just say that I think the vast majority of people, if you asked them face to face, Tom, uh, they, they, would be, uh, they would be rooting for you in the way that you handled all this. And maybe one day, today's not the day, maybe one day we have an open, honest conversation about that whole situation. Uh, I know we kind of keep... Um, not delaying that, but really to a certain extent, there's, there's, um, there's really no reason to get into that with, with the opportunities that may come about. But at the same time, you know, I'd really like for one day you get the opportunity to say, you know, this is, this is what happened. And most people that have any kind of brain would, uh, would understand that, you know what, if you took everything out of my past that I've ever done in my life, I could probably pick a few things out in my life that I wouldn't be proud about either. And uh, hopefully us as human beings will find a way to give people second chances. And I hope that you're at the top of the list. I appreciate it. Thank you. The second thing I want to say is um, to all of you guys who have been a part of this show. Because again, you know, somebody made reference, somebody in the chat here a few minutes ago about, you know, what a great time we had that night when we went down to the ballpark and all hung out up in the, um, you know, the center field, whatever it's called, the boat up there, pilot house, whatever it is. And, you know, I got a chance to not only read the names, but now put the names to the faces. The easiest thing in the world to do is to get on the bandwagon when somebody's going good, Right. I mean, 
you know, you can all root for this guy or, or really want to be around that guy or this gal or whatever it might be. But then the second the wheels fall off in some form or fashion, it is like, oh, man, that guy, he's blah, blah, blah. That gal, da, 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 whatever it might be. The worst, get them out of here. Never even going to acknowledge their existence ever again. If it is, it's always going to be something bad. I'm always going to look at it as something bad. But you who are here, you know who I'm talking to. I've been in the public eye 35 years of my 60 on this earth. 40 years of the 60 on the earth. Because basically started working in TV at 22, right? So... You know, you don't always know who are the ones that are, that, are, that are riding with you because you're going good. But believe me, you find out in a hurry who the ones that don't ride with you when you're not going good. And for this audience right here, and I could go down all the lists and I'd forget somebody and I'd never want to do it. But I just cannot thank all of you guys enough that have taken time to watch this show, invited all of us into your car, into your house, into your dorm, whatever it might be, to uh, check us out, give us a chance. And, I, and, and sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, um, of all the different people that I've been around that you could say are quote-unquote fans, and I don't even like saying that word because I, you're not worthy of people like being your fan because we're all the same. But I think you know what I'm getting at here is, is that I can't tell you how much all of you guys mean to me. I, I just can't say thank you enough from the very, very bottom of my heart. I cannot thank you enough. I'm going to ask you to stay with us here on the stuff that I'm doing. I'm going to ask you to stay with off the bench. I'm going to ask you to please continue to support everything the Chatterbox is doing because this is a great place. It's a special place. It's about people who care about, you know, entertaining and having fun and presenting sports in a quirky way, in a solid way, in an analytical way, in an off the wall, whether it's Chatterbox Reds, Chatterbox Bearcats, whatever it is, please continue to support Chatterbox Sports because I know I am and can't wait for what the future holds. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure and an honor. Pleasure's been ours, Tom. Case you were with us from day one. Yeah, sitting in the same spot since same day one. Same <laughs> spot, same tired spot. Trace, thank you. You got it, Tom. Elliot? I got to read these two because they, they, they Drew Garrison, true story. I never followed the Reds much, but I knew Tom. He has been awesome. To, it has been awesome to see him and get to see the real Tom on a daily basis. Thank you very much. Sir Boy, your guy, uh, says, thank you, Tom. I buy the hype of Tom <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Tom, thank you. Uh, again, I joined, I joined the show about halfway through here, I guess, maybe a little bit more than that. So thank you for having me. It's, thank it's you, been, buddy. It's been awesome to be on it with you. Thank you. Yeah. Reed. Thank you, Tom. My pleasure, my man. My pleasure. All of you. Thank you. We've got box lunch coming up. Uh, so here we go. Time for box lunch. Have a great weekend.